welcome to episode 24 of the Gold Card Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Vince Colati at Chilotti LOL. With me tonight, as usual, John George at the Esports Plug. How are we doing, everybody? Calvin T at Ruler R. Sama. Hi there. And unfortunately, uh, we are without Chris Chung tonight at prime time, but he did leave us picks, so we'll be able to discuss his thoughts on this weekend coming up. Uh, we th- figured we'd start with a couple listener questions, but before we do that, I just want to express <laughs> my straight up hatred for JDG, and I was wondering if you guys feel the same way I do, because I think all of gambling Twitter hates JDG right now more than anything. Man, how do you how do you go out and lose to LGD when your playoff hopes are on the line? Uh, it, I don't know, Imp, I don't know. Are they mathematically done? I didn't look at it. Like, I think they, they now need, like, some insane string of losses to happen, I think. Yeah, right? I think they're at the point now where they need other teams to lose a bunch of matches they shouldn't lose. Yeah, I, well, I, I was just supposed to sure because they might not even have that. I didn't actually look at it, but... I haven't looked at it since yesterday, so... Yeah, I've, I've, been, I've been joking with you guys all day that... Uh, so, it's basically impossible now, which means that they're definitely going to do it. So, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's the, the whole... <laughs> Title of the cast has to be something JDG related. It just has to. They're gonna steal two. They're gonna steal two titles from us. <laughs> All right. So uh, we figured we'd start. I was surprisingly tame there. I was very very mad this morning. <laughs> I was surprised. I kept I kept a PG there. Uh, so we'll see if that happens again next time. I won't. You're just gonna have a full on tirade. That'll that'll be the opening to cast. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to mute or turn your volume down. <laughs> You're gonna have to put a caution, turn your volume down to open the cast. All right, so we got a, we got, uh, we have a bunch of listener questions banked up from last week. Um, we're gonna get to hopefully two more today. Uh, the first one is from at Roberts number forty nine. Uh, he asks, "What's the impact of a new patch in terms of betting, and do you think it widens the gap between good and bad teams or not?" So uh, I'll let either of you take this one first if you want. That's that's a very, very good question. And I've found patches to be one of the biggest edges, although they can also be a huge downfall if if you get too much in your in your head the idea that X team like for instance last uh last split I bet on team WE to win the LPL. Like at the beginning, because there was a patch right before the season started. It seemed like it was gonna buff eighty carries. And so I was like, well, WE in an 80 carry meta, who knows? And I mean, WE was obviously never a contender the entire year. So you can you can easily just throw away some money. I mean, the odds on that were friggin' crazy, but you can, you can easily throw away some money thinking how a patch might impact things. Uh, but it is also really good. If you can look ahead and see which champions are going to be playable in the meta, you can think of plenty of teams that want to play a certain play style, that have players that are better playing a certain play style. And if you see a patch that's heading the game towards, you know, if tanks are becoming the meta in the top lane again and Chang Hong is still playing, there your 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 DMO futures are going up a little bit. Or, you know, you know your odds of DMO winning games are going up. If teams like if AD carries are getting are getting buffed, it seems like they're going to be the main carries again. You got tons of teams. WE RNG plays better in those scenarios. Teams like Kingzone will play better in those scenarios. Gen G will play better so. So you gotta, you just have to know how that patch is going to affect teams. As far as whether it widens or closes the gap, I think that depends on the teams. Um, like I would say, a new patch will always help G two. 
Like G two is a, a team that adapts very well. They play a lot of champions already. There's other teams that are much more set in their style, like Splice, and a patch probably hurts Splice if it's bringing new champions into the meta. Unless it's something they already play, it probably takes them a minute to adapt to a patch like that. So it really just depends for me on the teams. It's not that it always widens the gap or always closes it. It depends which two teams we're talking about. Some teams adapt well and some teams don't. Yeah, we we were actually talking yeah. a little bit about this before the cast started, about how like currently we're kind of seeing this a little bit in in the LPL or really worldwide, but kind of this is an example of like trying to read the trying or not reading the patch fast enough or not reading how the like the direction the game is going fast enough. For the majority of this calendar year, it's been like a 50-50, like not like coin flip meta, but it's been like take the coin flip situations, take the aggressive moves and like fight and trade a lot, right? Skirmishes, like that's been that's what been what it's like the whole like for the most of the calendar year this year. We're currently in a meta with like Karma and Corky, like both as flex picks, and even like the Tristana mid that's popping up now is like you know what I mean. Like, there's a lot of these like very very safe picks, Karma and Corky in particular, and Azir actually at the professional level too. And for eighty carries is like Ezreal and Caitlyn again, right? You have these very very safe like just shove like kind of slap the wrist walk away kind of champions that are very hard to gank, very hard to snowball on. And they scale better than you. So, and even the Karthus jungle still being a thing is another example of that, right? So, we're in a scenario now where we're talking as it pertained to this morning. This is a good example of this, where a lot of these mid-table Chinese teams and more aggressive Chinese teams are really struggling right now because it's a lot harder for them to snowball as hard as they were before against something like a Karma or a Corky that's just really, really safe, right? So, they keep fighting into these picks... And we're seeing teams like T.O.P. and Billy Billy succeed big time because they know how to not take a fight once in a while. Unlike a lot of the LPL teams, they know how to say no to a fight. So it's not quite as black and white as that, like John was saying, I think. Uh, it's, it's, never, it's never that, you know, cut and dry. That's the whole, that's the whole thing with, that makes esports interesting, right? Makes any kind of competitive thing interesting is that it's not always black and white. It's not always about optimal. There's teams that kind of break the mold, right? But... I tend to think that good teams it's it's weird. I tend to think that good teams get a much bigger advantage like patch to patch like faster. Like good infrastructure, good coaching, versatile players are all like to me hallmarks of a good team. Now there's teams that are like specialist teams uh like Splice or G, right? But generally speaking, versatile teams with good coaching and good infrastructure and Players that are uh, players like if an organization is willing to flex and show flexibility, they're going to be a lot better on patches most of the time. So, I think for patches specifically, I think it does widen the gap between good and bad teams. Uh, this is a little bit different than like time off from a tournament, though. Like, we, we've talked about that concept before, where like downtime, like a team goes to Rift Rivals, it comes back. Then I think that's a spot where bad teams can cover more ground. But I think patch to patch, I think it's a little different. What do you think on this one, Calvin? Um, no, actually, you both summed it up, and we talked about it earlier before the podcast. I think it just just correlates on how a certain player or a certain team, you know, plays well with the meta. You know, it's it's really not like the bad teams and good teams. And if like a meta changes, the bad teams gonna be really bad. Still, they're gonna get worse or something like that. You know what I mean? It just really depends. It just really depends on the team. And for the betting aspect, I'm usually try 
not bet any teams like who are bad in the meta just in general. You know what I mean? I know it's going to take a while at first to understand what teams are, you know, what players are good in certain metas. But, I mean, that's the one thing you have to keep an eye on if you're going to bet. You know what I mean? If, you know, a meta change is coming, like, do some research and stuff. So that's, like, the best advice I can give you. I think another aspect to this that uh, kind of falls into, like, it's not always, like, cut and dry is that sometimes a patch – Sometimes you can look at a patch and say that this clearly indicates this, and then something new comes out and breaks it open, right? Like, we've seen that this metagame has is, is slowed down a lot, but guess what? Like, at the beginning of this, like, when all this was happening, you know, it was like a, a new meta pick, the Callista Voli Bear bot lane, right? So it doesn't always, like, sometimes it doesn't always make a lot of sense. Sometimes there's, like, a pick that somebody breaks out to kind of just, like, break the meta or break parity, Right. Uh, it doesn't always happen. I'd say the majority of the time that doesn't happen, but every so often you can get burned doing that. Or just the champion that's just so obscenely powerful. I know we're seeing, like, Aatrox right now. That's, like, the topic du jour, right? But it's it's it's, it's – I think there's a huge edge to be gained from riding patches, but I also think, you, like John said, you can get, you know, kind of bit in the ass from it too sometimes. So, uh yeah, I don't know. It's it's something that I've actually struggled with quite a bit this season. I don't know if you guys have had the same same kind of struggles. Like I, like I, I've been a little bit slow to adapt this year. Like last year, I felt like I was more I was more in tune with like what the pro teams are going to be thinking, what they were going to be doing, like which champions were going to be prioritized and all that. I think this year I've been like a week or two behind, which is basically just wrong, you know. At that point, so. I mean, we saw it in spring, like spring with JDG just taking out the AD carry teams. We saw we're seeing it right now. With uh, the Carmen, the Corky giving a lot of issues. I mean, I'll just use this morning giving a lot of issues to teams like you know JDG, LNG, like all these. Even even some of the top teams, right? Top winning against was it RNG the other day? Like same kind of idea, right? So, um, and We doing really really well right now too. That's IG one. IG has struggled more a lot more this split than they did last split. Not just based on the subs that they were doing earlier. Damn one Invictus, like there a lot of these teams, I mean just this just goes out as a tribute to G2 by the way because G2 have not struggled at all in any no, meta. They look, they look better than ever. <laughs> the the more I'm thinking about it, man, I G2 I think might be the best team in the world. We talked a little bit about it last week, but I know yeah, maybe the strength of competition isn't quite as high, but can you really ask this team to do any more than they're doing? Right, it's the it's the Patriots situation. It's like all they can do is smash the division. You can't blame them for that. Like that's so. All right, that's a good. That's a really good question. Uh, that's a lot of. There's a lot of depth to that question. You could go any number of directions with it. Um, you guys want to do one more? Let's do one more. Yeah, let's do it. So we got a question from at Woodstock wins. Uh, Woodstock does a lot of. Um, uh, he's doing a lot of like modeling, like uh, based on metrics, and um, does a lot of really really cool work. Like, pretty high-level stuff, actually. But he's just getting into League, and he's got a lot of questions about the game. So uh, he asks, uh, can you rank the objectives? And what he meant by that is, like, the neutral objectives. So, like, Baron. Like, here's, so here's what, we'll do to, here's what we'll do to answer this question. I'll, I'll try to compare. Uh, I'll try to give you some, like, head-to-head comparisons and see what you guys tend to, tend to like more. Um, what you need to know about this question, though, is that a lot of this stuff is relative based on team comp, based on what your enemy team's composition is, because a lot of this stuff is is relative to, again, it's not cut and dry. 
And Ocean Drake is going to be way better for some teams than it is for other teams. Uh, a Cloud Drake is going to be way better for some teams than other teams. For some teams, an Infernal Drake doesn't do that much, right? In some metagames, the Infernal Drake is, I mean, it's always good, but sometimes it doesn't do anything. So uh, I'll throw a really, really common one out there. Um, first Blood for, we'll say first, we'll say first Tower in exchange for Rift Herald. Which one wins out? Well, that, did, that a lot of that for me also depends on timing. Like if it's yeah. if it's first tower pre fourteen minutes, I'd, it's first tower for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you get the plating gold and all that. So yeah, you do get the plating gold. A huge gold swing. But I feel like even if you lose first tower, you get the herald, and you're winning on lane pretty hard. Uh, during turning and playing, you can get basically more. In my opinion, I think it depends on the situation at most. But like what John said, if it's pre fourteen, you know. 15, 13, 13, whatever, you know, first turret's the way to go. Yeah, I think I think I would go with first turret. Even even if it's post-14, I might go with first turret. Like, Rift Herald should get you the turret of your choice, in theory. But it's just too often that I see it not get a turret or, or just dropped in the wrong spot or they get close to running out of time, so they just throw it somewhere. I, I think I've seen that too many times. In theory, Rift, Rift Herald should be more valuable post-14 minutes, I think. I think what's but, interesting about the Herald is, like, you see a lot of times it's a consolation prize, right? Yeah. The teams that aren't that taking it as a consolation prize and are, like, ahead on tempo and take it, that's usually where you see it get, like, a tower and a half. And then it's a yeah. huge advantage, right? Because it kind of loosens up that side of the map that wherever it was dropped. So Yeah. Um, again, like, that's why, like, these are complicated questions because they're not as simple as, like, this is better than this is better than this because it's all relative to the team comps and situations. Like, I think... I think for an early game team, like if you have a Caitlyn on your team, I think first tower matters way more. Yep. Because you can just swap it to the other lane, take the next tower, and then rinse and repeat, right? That's like what you pick that champion for, right? Whereas if you're uh, if you're a team that's trying to scale, you sometimes don't mind giving up that first tower if you have good enough wave clear to defend, and a Rift Herald is way scarier because the ceiling is a lot higher, right? So uh, let's do another one. We could do... Um, so how do you guys rank the rank the dragons? Because I kind of have differing opinions than a lot of people do on this. It seems like the biggest argument in ranking the dragons is between, for me, in my mind, is between mountain and cloud. Like it seems like infernal is like just the best because every composition it's useful in every composition. Right oceans, now, oceans theoretically the worst. Like there's definitely situations where oceans the dragon that you want the most. But I think in general it's probably the worst, especially because if it's the third or fourth dragon, it's it's like you have to have a very specific team comp to want it. Um, in the middle is kind of Cloud and Mountain, and I think Mountain probably edges out Cloud, but there's a lot more compositions that Cloud is like super helpful for, whereas Mountain's just helpful all the time. Yeah, I think uh, right now specifically, I, I think Cloud Drake is actually underrated. Like I think yeah, a lot I, of people... I, there's a lot of compositions, yeah. man, where you don't see it. One of the things is you just don't see it. You see them, like, chasing it in the mid lane and have a big fight, but you don't see what would have happened in that fight if the, if X-Team didn't have Cloud Drake. Yeah. So you, you don't get to see that, like, they only hit some of these skill shots because they had the movement speed on the way in, or the engage only happened because they had the movement speed to get there, or the rotation. Like, a lot of times you just don't see the effect it's having. Yeah, like, and you get a lot of these teams that are, like... Uh... Like, right now, like, one of these, you know, you see a lot of teams that are, like, Gragas, Aatrox, and that's your engage suite, right? 
like Gragas is your primary engage, or like Sejuani or Skarner. Like if you if you have a team that's got like Ezreal Karma or like Ezreal Jace or you know something along Azir Jace or something like that, and they have two Cloud Drakes, you're gonna have a really really tough time engaging on that team. One because these are professional yeah. players, and they can actually dodge things really well, like better than people think. And two because that movement speed matters, right? It also lets you rotate faster, so if you get ahead, it snowballs really hard. I'm not saying it's better than Mountain, I just think it's underrated right now. Like again, because like John said, it's it's not it's because you don't see the numbers. Even when you're playing sometimes, like you don't see I know I've had some games where I was like, Jesus, like how is this guy just running me down? Like I'm just like he just runs me down just shows up on my screen and runs me down. I don't even think about the fact that he has two cloud drakes and yeah. like like what a busted champion just gets to me every time. Like you don't even think about it sometimes. Base move speed OP. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, so, like, just to give you guys a comparison, there was a period in time where movement speed runes were like the normal thing. Like you would just take the like there was it was a pretty normal thing for like a lot of mid laners. Um, AD carries couldn't really afford to do it, but like a lot of mid laners and supports would literally run like the quintessences back when that was a thing. They would run movement speed quints, like two of them, two or three of them, to get that, and that was for three percent. Or four and a half percent, right? You get that much from a cloud drake now. So, yep. I think specifically in like these comps that like you're seeing a lot fewer like tank based compositions now, where it's like single tank, like three and a half core or like two and a half and like two bruisers. You're seeing a lot more of that, and in bruiser comps and like in these like poke and kite comps, cloud drake matters a lot. So, uh, I also think like it's important to remember that earlier in the game, the dragons like different dragons matter more, like. Infernal Drake matters, I mean, pretty much universally a lot throughout it, but it matters even more later in the game because 6% of 200 AD is a lot more than 6% of 80 AD, right? Yeah. It just it literally scales with the game. So, uh, But, like, Ocean Drake early on for, like, a, a team that's, like, looking to just stabilize and, like... Like, if you get an Ocean Drake as a scaling team against teams that are just trying to shove towers down against you, it's a lot easier when you have an early Ocean Drake to to just take chip damage in lane. And then, like, you have other exceptions to the rule, too, where, like, if you get, like, three Ocean Drakes, you can just start the Baron, tank the damage, reset, and you're fine. Like, so you can just constantly threaten the Baron, right? It's like having your own Sona on your team, right? Yeah. So, uh, I just think... I, I do think Infernal's probably the best objective besides Elder and Baron. Elder and Baron are very, very good. But um, I also think that we're at a point now where I think, like, as long as there's... If you have two dragons, I think Elder is almost always better than a Baron buff, like, if you're trading one. But, again, it depends on team. It depends on team comp. depends on how good your wave clear is. Like, a lot of these a lot of these questions are very... Um, they're very gray area, because, like, there's nothing that's really cut or dry about it, so... Yeah, uh, like, the best example of that, I think, is Baron versus Elder Drake. That's one of those ones that entirely depends on what's going on in the game for yeah. me on whether you'd rather have Baron or Elder Drake. So, like, a lot of these are not just straight up, like, just rank them, you know. Yeah. Uh, Cal, you got anything on this one, or is... No, you guys hit, hit on the head. All right, cool. I, I have a side topic before we start the game. Go though. for it. Something I'm worried about. So, we, me and Gelati, we both played Magic the Gathering for a while, and there's a problem in a lot of card games, including Magic, is what we call power creep. As the game starts, as the game keeps going, in order to get you to continue buying new cards, they need to make cards slightly more powerful so you can keep buying them. You know, if the if the best cards that ever existed 
well, I mean, in Magic, the best cards were in the first set ever, but then they were so rare that the power creep still happened. So in order to get you to buy new ones, it has to keep getting stronger. And I'm not necessarily worried about power creep in League, but I am very, very worried about mobility creep in League. This has been the topic, are you, man. Oh, are you worried weird. about this? Because it seems like every game that I play now, and I don't play that much League anymore, I'm pretty garbage, but it does seem like every single game that I play, if my opponent gets even kind of fed, as soon as they appear on my screen, I can start running away, and most of them can just get to me, even if I start running immediately upon the, upon them showing up on my screen. And I started to just wonder to myself, like, if they keep doing this with mobility, are we going to get to a point where it's not even the same game because the champions are just so able to move, like, you just can't scale anymore? Yeah, so this this was actually a topic that came up, like, shit, like, a couple years, a few years ago now, where... They started releasing all these champions that just had mobility skills, like all of them. Or and then, then between that and like they, they added the mobility items, like they actually made. Well, let me let me correct that. They made their movement items actually good. Before the the only movement items you have were like Shirelli's Revelry. This is, this is like five years ago. It's like a long time ago now. Where it was like okay, but you could basically only build it on supports, and like it wasn't that good. Now you have you have Proto Belt. Um, Gunblade to reduce, like, you have all these different, you have a, um, what's it called? Spellbreaker. Uh, you have all these different items now. You have Predator buff. You have a lot of champions that are just hella mobile as it is. Akali. There's a lot of champions with multi-dashes. Yeah. Like, where they're Akali, starting to add, Silas. Like, multi-dashes, and that that's the biggest offender to me at the moment, but go ahead. This is, so this is, this has been a thing that's been... This was like the topic. This is like the topic du jour in twenty like fifteen or twenty sixteen, where it was just like I can't play my immobile. Like I can't play Zareth anymore. I can't play Cassiopeia anymore. By the way, I mean we'll talk about this, but Cassiopeia I think is like low key overpowered right now, and no one's talking. Grounding about it. is something Grounding that they is... try to do to stop this from happening. It seems like, and I, I do like the idea of having more, but I, I don't want the battle to be between. The guy who jumps eight times and the guy that can ground him. Like I, I want to, I do want to just be able to hang out in my lane. And if you're on the other side of your minions and I'm on the other side of my minions, that I'm safe. That you can't just immediately all in me from across the lane whenever you want. Well, there's a lot of people that would argue that that's better than what we had many years ago, which is just like full AP in Italy, where it's just like I never have to do anything. I just throw spears, and if I hit one, you're chunked out, and you have to go back. Like you did not. I played a lot of Italy in that time, and I can understand why you don't want. Yeah, that. and like that was miserable too. Spear, yeah, that was right? no so. I do feel like the game is a little bit stat checky right now, in that like there's champions that just have better stats than other champions, and that's why you don't see. I mean, we're actually this season's been surprisingly varied. Like we've seen a lot of champions for the most part this season, like across the regions. I think because the meta game at the beginning of the year was just so crazy. Uh, it's starting to get a little bit like solved now, but even now you're seeing innovations like the Tristana and stuff like that. But uh, in general, the mobility creep argument, the power creep, like two mobility creep kind of argument, it was a thing like a while ago. But I think people have just kind of come to accept that that's how it is now. I think the the new topic, I think, is like invulnerability frames or like untargetable, like untargetability. Like, think about how many characters have untargetability now, or, like, pseudo-untargetability, right? Uh, Mordekaiser, Yumi, uh, Akali. Like, there's yeah. a lot of these characters. Uh, Nico doesn't have it, but, like, it's really, really tough uh, when she's ulting, right? Like, when she goes to ult. Uh, 
there's a lot of these characters. I'm sure I'm forgetting people, but there's a lot of characters uh, yeah. now that have. I mean, Mordekaiser's like the the really blatant offender right now, but um, th- this like pseudo untargetability, invisibility stuff like that that makes it that makes it really really tough. Where it's just like no matter what you do, even if you're spot on, this is just a number of seconds in a fight that can't you can't do anything in right. Uh, Zonia's, I mean, Zonia's always been there, but so I don't know. I th- I think the mobility thing is fine. It just feels miserable when you're not like. And I'll, I'll say this because I'm a, I'm like a control mage player. I I don't play a lot of these high mobility champions, so I went through this ordeal like years ago. So I've just come to accept it as reality now, and I've got to yeah. play around it. I'm just I, I need the listeners to understand. I'm just a serial complainer because <laughs> I, play, I play all scaling top laners and scaling mids. And so every lane for me is just the opponent picks a Kali or Zed or Irelia, and I'm like 10 minions behind my minions just like trying to stab one minion, and they're like, oh, you got too close. You tried to kill one minion. We're all in now. You like, got like, yeah. to play against my Karthus, dude. I'll show you what it means to play. I main Kale, dude. Like you, like, you can't even farm. I like main Kale, and if I ever go for one minion that's not with, a, with an ability... They're just on top of me instantly. Every champion kind of makes you have a mad respect for these people that play. Like, imagine like how hard. No, pro players I have no punish. respect. Okay. Imagine <laughs> no. So no listen, listen, listen. Imagine how hard pro players punish, right? Yeah. And look at how how close some of these lanes these guys yeah, play with, like Aatrox, with right? It's ridiculous. Like how like Gangplank. How the hell is Gu- how the hell does Kuve have remotely close to the same CS as anybody on Gangplank every game against like Jace, <laughs> yeah. right? Like no, how? it is true. It is true. So it's imp- like it just gives you a lot more respect for the the guys that actually can pull that kind of thing off. But, Definitely. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry, I don't know. I, I derailed this. That's okay. We should we should make this uh, John John's complaint of the week. That's like the new set. <laughs> I have lots of complaints. I'm in platinum, by the way, but I'm just garbage. <laughs> I lose every lane by like 50 CS and three deaths. I might be one in 19 in my last 20 games. Let that be a lesson for solo queue. People suck at winning. <laughs> People suck at winning. Scale for life. There we go. Who was it? Was it Splice that had that meme that came out earlier this year? It was like, oh, what the hell was it? Somebody, somebody said they were going through a rough patch, and like the Splice Twitter account responded to. It. He's like, don't worry, you're just scaling IRL, dude. Like that's <laughs> it's like the best. Uh, all right. So, um, what do we got here? Let me. That was actually a moderately short digression. I'm impressed. I'm impressed with us. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let's open up with. Um, so we have our first region in playoffs. Uh, actually, I'm probably. I think one of the smaller. I think LMS is getting ready for playoffs. Or no, VCS is getting ready for playoffs too. I think. Uh, but we've mostly been covering the four major regions. So let's talk about. NA LCS playoffs. So we have the first round of the playoffs this weekend. Uh, no time off this time. I think we had a week between in the spring, right? But now that the schedules with EU are desynced enough, that I think they actually want to just like get the playoffs done while EU is playing regular seasons, so that they're not stealing each other's ratings. And that might, yeah, that might have been the purpose to get viewership, like let people put their viewership. Well, it just works. It just works out nice because yeah. you have something to watch every weekend instead of. Yeah doubling up right so on saturday we have uh, i think a matchup that we're all feeling pretty excited about because i think we're all on the same side for this one so we have tsm this is best of five so tsm minus 333 against clutch gaming plus 239 uh the tsm minus 1.5 is at minus 154 clutch plus 1.5 is at plus 118 obviously shot for lines find whatever works best but that's roughly what we're working with here 
Uh, I'll toss a couple other ones out there just because I thought they were pertinent. Uh, the over three and a half maps, meaning that it will not be a shutout one way or the other, is at minus 204. Uh, clutch to take a map specifically, like just a single map, is minus 263. I think, John, you had pretty strong feelings on this one, so I'll let, I'll let you open up on this. Uh, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. So, um, I'm going to go. I'm go gonna ahead, pick. Cal. So, TS7 is actually playing Spica. They're starting on him. And then they also have Tactical and someone else as a sub, right? Yeah. So, I don't know what they're thinking of. Maybe just to throw off Clutch. But I honestly think that Clutch's bottom half is just like 10 times better than TSM's right now. And Beerson gonna hold his own, but I think Clutch. After I'm gonna, I was, I don't know if I can attribute it to all the coach, but like something in the in the in the small camp worked out, you know, as the assistant coach like stepped up, and you know they're just playing well together. Hoonie's actually like, like just destroying without inting. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's not inting Hooning anymore. No, so yeah, it hasn't been I, anyway for a few weeks. No, but yeah, I definitely lean clutch in this this spot right here. Um, as bad as Lear is, not okay. Lear is not bad, but he's not like a great jungler. You know what I mean? So he yeah, should. Neither is anybody that TSM's offering. Like that's the that's the whole catch with this series, right? Yeah. So yeah. So basically, I mean, an academy jungler versus a semi-pro guy who's I don't know we can grade him, but yeah, he's I, a, he's I, a seasoned veteran. He's been around yeah. for a long time. Oh, John, John, John's like it's chomping at the bit, or it's champing at the bit, technically. Yeah. So this is weird. This is a, a weird series. Um, TSM has been like on a huge downswing at the end of the season. Clutch was on a huge upswing at the end of the season. Like I was very impressed with Clutch in their last few games. I do agree with Calvin that I don't think Lyra is playing fantastically. Like I, I'm really, he's not. He's not doing a lot in the early game, and I see him second to a lot of plays. Like, there's a lot of plays where the other jungler's there first, and he's just a couple steps behind, and the fight ends up going not their way because he, he should have been there a couple steps earlier. But their top lane is, I think, Huni versus Broken Blade is where this match happens. Because these are two guys that are fed or feed, like, big time. Feast or famine. And, yeah. yeah, big feast or famine players in the top lane. I think Clutch Gaming has a big advantage in the bot lane. I think the mid lane huge advantage bot lane. Yeah, huge advantage bot lane. I think mid lane is ob- is obviously TSM, but Demonte's playing very well. Like I'm not super worried about Demonte. Like Bjergsen's the better player, but I think it's pretty close. So I think this comes down to the top and the jungle, and you got to give Huni a, a, a decent sized edge against Broken Blade. You just have to. And yeah. given that TSM doesn't have a like someone to abuse Lyra, since I think Lyra is the weak link on Clutch. TSM doesn't have anybody to abuse that because they just have 19 junglers and none of them have played that well. Um, I got a lean clutch. In fact, I'm highly considering making it the pick of the week, but we're going to wait a little bit here. Right. I, I think I think you got a lean clutch. All right, so I, we're all on the same page. I, I actually think clutch outright. Yeah, when I say lean clutch, I mean I think they should be the favorite. Like, wow. Plus two okay, so, all right, so I think this should – I'm talking about who I think is a favorite to win the series, and I think I lean clutch. If that's just, the case, then this just has to be. Like, yeah, this is a monster, a, a monster line for me, which is why this I'm is, thinking. it's ridiculous. It's 200 points off. Like this is like, yeah. 
And I really, th I think it is, man. I just don't know how, I'm trying to think of ways, because I know that TSM is going to be the favorite because they're TSM, generally speaking. And I, I know they do are... have the best player in the series on their team. Like, I think Bjergsen yeah. the best player in this series, but, like, I don't think he can do it by himself. Yeah, if you're worried about Clutch losing, I think you're worried about some monster Bjergsen games. Which like, and we've, seen it, and we've seen it before. I mean, it can happen for sure. Playoff but, Bjergsen. like, that's a, that's how they lose. Like, I just don't see a lot of games where, like, Clutch loses all three lanes or, like, bot lane gets dumpstered. Like, if they lose, it's because Bjergsen was getting fed and carrying games, I think. I also think that Clutch have been, like, They've been playing straight up, but they have these pocket picks. Like they have the rumble, and like they have all the. It's it's mostly Hooney, honestly. But the rumble worries me because I don't think you should be playing rumble right now. But <laughs> but so well, here's the thing. Like I know, but like the fact that he's good enough at it to like pull, just have it as a pocket pick that you have to consider. That's like a lot of leverage in the draft right now, right? Because in, in a meta game that's like quote unquote solved, because this meta game is has been figured out, and there's not a lot you can do to. Unless you're going to spend bans on it, there's not a whole lot you can do to break the whole. Okay, so one of the teams is going to get quirky, one of the teams is going to get karma. There's probably going to be a Yumi. Like, there's like the top three champions in every role, and you can't take care of everything, right? I think Clutch are a little bit more willing to to adventure outside their comfort zone. Bjergsen has a whole lot of random pocket picks. He has the Zillion and and a whole bunch of other stuff too. I'm sure Zed. Like I feel like you just can't put him on something like Zillion for this series, though. You like, see that, has... but they've done it in the past, right? I mean, if you want to win, like I think he's got like a he Kali. has to carry. Bjergsen Akali is what they're. Gonna he's got to be on Akali, LeBlanc, Azir. Uh, I know Quirky's unexciting, but like he's gonna be fine. And that kind of thing. Yeah. The thing is, like. I, I honestly think, and I never in a million years thought I would say this, but, like, Clutch have been a decent macro team. Like, Lyra's been behind on stuff, but for the most part, they get it. Like, as a team, yeah. they get it. Like, they understand where they can't be. They understand where they should be. They understand, you know, how, like, they know how to bend but don't break. They also know how to push an advantage. They're not, like, the best at either, but they've been pretty good. They're, this The last couple weeks, Clutch have reminded me a lot of CLG in that they're just – being consistent, which is so weird because you look at this Klutz team, right? And if anything, they're like one of the most feast or famine teams, and maybe the most, right? You can see it in their stats too. In the in the spring split, Clutch Gaming was a target team for DFS, whether you wanted to play them or play against them, because they were so bloody. And they're one of the least bloody teams in the league this split. Like you can see that they've they've changed the way that they play. Um, they've slowed things down. They're trying to play a better macro game, but they still have a lot of flexibility, like you talked about with different pocket picks. I, I definitely, I think I lean clutch as the favorite in the matchup. So this line's hugely off for me. It's just so weird because in, in really the last like four years, this is exactly the kind of meta TSM wants too. This is what they're good at. Like they struggled in other metas where like cloud nine would succeed. Right. But this is like right up their alley. This is exactly what they would normally want, but they haven't, that hasn't been the case because they just they just can't they they so it's a skill gap partially some of their players like like I agree. some of their players just aren't as good as the opposing players and they just make mistakes. I think it's you just have to do a reality check. Like here, so here's the thing. Let's play devil's advocate here because the devil's advocate argument is that Clutch are coming in hot. TSM were you could say TSM were sandbagging or TSM were you know coasting to the second half because they felt that they could get a playoff spot. Uh. I don't think that was the case. I think this team. Oh, not at all. I think this team. They, they were good the week they came back from Rift Rivals, but they've been basically floundering ever since. 
I made a post right the week after they came back from Rift Rivals. In the middle of a game, I said, TSM is looking like the best team since Rift Rivals. They end up throwing that game, and then every game since then, they look terrible. Yeah. Like, like, that, like even that game they right after like, three in a row, didn't they, after that? They threw that game, and they're definitely not – there's no sandbagging happening here. That's definitely not the case. Yeah, and why we, are they starting a new jungler now? Yeah, did we even mention the, the news at the top of this? Yeah, Cal, is, Cal mentioned it. Yeah, that Spica is going to be starting, and that tells you that there's some big problems in this there's team There's some right internal now. issues happening. Yeah, right there's now. some big oh, problems. Can we just can we just debunk something real fast? Acadian's not even a sub, by the way. Yeah, they're like, starting like, another a different a fourth jungler as their sub, yeah. right? Uh, no, it's their it's their bot lane from Academy. So Spika is playing this whole series. Their subs are their bot lane. So I just wanted to touch on one thing real quick because, like, yeah, I'm happy for the kid. He got a win. He got a Baron steal and whatever. But can we just talk about the fact that they had no business getting that Baron steal and winning that game? Yeah. In his first game, like in his debut. Yeah, I'm happy for the kid. He's living out his dream and everything, but like let's let's cool the Jets here, all right? That game, yeah, he saved it. He was not good the rest of that game. TSM was TSM not good the rest against? of that game. What's up? Who did TSM play again? Sorry, I was at a uh, forgot. Was it Optic? I think it was against Optic. Was it it was the the first game that he played. I can check uh, real quick. I can check real quick. One second. I think Spick is, is is a pretty good juggling. Yeah, like I, I'm, he's he's fine, but it was against FlyQuest. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, tells you what you need to know, right? Because they were losing to FlyQuest. I know it's Fly best of one this season, but like FlyQuest was probably going to win that game, or it was it was a close game until that Baron seal happened, right? It's it. The thing is, like, this is again one of those situations where people people remember the the highlights they don't remember the rest of the game right they remember the baron steel and he got it and that's it right a baron steel people don't understand like a baron steel it, it is a 50 50 that's why they call it that yeah. like there's no i mean there's certain skills and like basics where you're you know the other person's supposed to smite at the number and stuff like that but there's really not a whole lot of skill to a baron steel it just it happens and it doesn't happen right you have some players that feel like they always get it right uh Who's but the, that's the way that's the way the world works, though. Like, yeah, like if something is fifty fifty, there is going to be some people who tend to be on the right side of that coin, and some people yeah. that tend to be on the wrong side of that coin. That's a classic poker argument that it's possible to play perfect poker and never have a winning session over the course of like twenty years. Yeah, it's not likely. Yeah, it's not it's very unlikely, but but statistically, it's possible. Yeah, it's, it's possible that you could play perfect all the time and never win. But it's the same thing with smiting. Like, you, 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 if you have a seventy percent smite rate, there's a pretty good chance you're just on the right side of, on the right side of luck in a lot yeah. of those. So, I, I just want I just want everyone to cool the jets and everyone because everyone's like, oh man, he's this new. I mean, and it does say something. I mean, maybe it says a bad thing, but it's it could it could mean two things. It could mean there's a there's something weird going on in this organization right now. I don't know if it's just a bad vibe or what. It has to be something with Acadian. Like but, it literally, it has to be something specifically with Acadian. Yeah, because they already they committed to him. I'm thinking what happened was he was pissed off that they were switching him and Greg at the beginning of this season after he had such a good performance last season. Yeah. Uh, there he was pissed that they brought Greg back, so they put him in to make so, him happy. And so they put him in to make him happy, but then they were losing. So then things start getting toxic because they commit to him, but then the team's losing all the time. And so he throws a big fit and that, that's all, this is all just speculation, but it's what fits given the timing of everything. Also, also Reggie doesn't, 
do this kind of stuff. Like Reggie, Reggie, if you just suck, Reggie will bench you. He doesn't care. Yeah. Like he's he's never cared about that. Like that I get you know, it's funny, for the longest time, for many, many years, I could not stand how he ran his teams, but guess what? Every single time I called him out on what I thought was a questionable move, he's been right. Like almost every single time. So maybe this is a good thing for them. They certainly weren't doing well with Katie and in either. So just because he was better than Grigg, like what is like what does that really mean? Yeah, Grigg right? hasn't been very good. That's what I mean. Academy top laner now, so so. <laughs> but is a great game the plan, thing I'm a little scared about is sometimes you know no matter how good or how long you've been doing this betting thing, sometimes a line just scares you because it's like what am I missing? And that's how I feel about this line is it's like Vegas knows right. That's the whole. <laughs> if this line got released at like plus one forty for clutch, I'd be like, okay, fair enough. I disagree with the line a little bit. I think it should be more like even money. But when it gets released at plus two forty, it's like. Am I just seeing something different than everybody else, or is this name value? Like, TSM does not look like they should be a favorite against Clutch, especially not a big favorite. If you make a minus 130 or something, I'm like, oh, okay, fair enough. I can see where you're going with that. See, but I, I don't know. I'll be slamming Clutch. Yeah, That's see, the- I think I think what you said earlier about how – I see, I'm surprised you thought they should be favored. I think this is, like, at best even because I'm still going to give – Clutch is not a good team either. They've been better, but they're not good. So but I feel like good people the last are, few weeks. Yeah, I think they'd be good, but I feel like people are just riding the TSM TSM name. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why they're just bigger favorites. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's the it, name. It could be a holdover from spring playoffs too. Like yeah. they come second in spring, so it can just be a holdover in the odds from the fact that they were the second place team in spring. Well, the but, other, the other thing, and we've talked about this before, and like we're, we're probably going to do an episode about this, like the differences between real sports and esports at some point. But like straight up, like there there isn't really it's mo- like the majority of this stuff is just algorithms and and where the money's at, right? And there's not like uh, there's not an odds maker sitting there as as far as I'm concerned. There's not an odds maker there saying, okay, if I make if I make TSM a huge favorite, people are gonna you know bet them anyway, right? This so like there's a lot less of the you know like in football if you see a super sketchy line in the NFL, you're just like okay, Vegas knows something that I don't, and you can like I know I know people that will just bet that like they'll just be like okay, like Vegas knows something, I'm just gonna go with what they're saying, right? Like, why is this team favored? Okay, they clearly know something I don't, right? I know people that do that, and it works. But in this case, I just think this is, like, crazy juiced and just wrong. I think this is just a crazy soft line. Clutches, in their last six games, Clutch is 4-2, and two, and their losses are to Team Liquid and CLG, like two teams we would expect them to lose to. They yeah. beat 100 Thieves. They beat Golden Guardians, like the other teams that are, like, in this, like, conversation Podge, at Podge. this level. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I just don't see why they why should is be it, an underdog. To me, this should be like minus one thirty plus one ten, or minus one twenty plus one hundred, something like that, like for TSM. Just because, I mean, it's. I, I could understand like wanting to bank on previous results, history. Uh, Bjergsen's the best player in the game. Like, I get it, but I'm with you. Like, this is just way off, and I actually like clutch outright in this. In series. the same in the same span of time, TSM is three and three. They have a loss to Optic. They almost they, lost a FlyQuest. Don't forget that. They almost lost a FlyQuest. They lost to 100 Thieves. Like, they're, they have a worse record against teams, against the lower competition. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. For me, I think Clutch is just the better team at the moment. I, I, I wouldn't put it hard either way. I'd say maybe it's even money, or if I was going to yeah. cap it, maybe Clutch minus 110. It, it's not far either way, but 
Yeah, yeah this, this would be a classic points. case where the book makes it like double one, like minus one ten on both sides. I would, I mean, I would take TSM at plus two forty in a heartbeat as well. Like, yeah. this doesn't seem like either team should be this far off. So, yeah, I'll yeah. slam clutch. Yeah, I'm going to be all over clutch. Uh, honestly, I like the, uh, I like the, like the props that we have here. The plus one point five for clutch is really good at plus one eighteen. That's pretty ridiculous too. If you if you like them to win outright, then that's like nuts. Over three point five maps actually seems pretty safe even though it's at minus 204 like yeah. over 3.5 maps feels kind of safe i don't know that anyone's winning this 3-0 i don't think either of these teams are good enough to sweep one another like that's <laughs> it's hard to say but i think if a sweep happens it's probably clutch actually which is weird to say but i'm not not that i'm gonna bet that but yeah the over three and a half seems safe I, i'm gonna be on the clutch money on and the clutch 1.5 plus 1.5 so sunday we have CLG. We have CLG minus two thirty nine against Optic plus one seventy eight. The CLG minus one point five is at minus one sixteen. So I know you already put these out on Twitter, John. I don't know if you changed your mind or not, but you think CLG sweeps this, right? Yeah, three zero or three one. I'd be I'd be surprised. To All see right, Optic so you so you did so you did five. give the game then. Yeah, they they could maybe have a game. But I, I think the CLG minus one point five is pretty safe for me at minus one sixteen. Yeah, I, yeah, that makes sense. Like I think optic, I might have been. I think I was talking to a buddy of mine about this. Like you've been on optic all season. <laughs> I've been on optic all season, but like, so hear me out, right? In order for optic to win this series, they're gonna have to come up with something. I don't know what that is. It could be a new look. It could be just a way to deal with like sealed the way CLG plays. Like I think if optic are going to win this series, they got, they got to be the vitality here. Like they got to just be chaos. Like incarnate. I think you got to remember when you're talking about optic, that like, they really should not be here. I know you shouldn't take credit away yeah. from people, but like they got those gifted two Aatrox games in the, in the tiebreakers and the Aatrox yeah, did I agree all with the that. work and they should, they should never have had the Aatrox and CLG watched that. So you know Aatrox is getting banned in this series. Yeah. I, so they have, to, they have to come up with something different than what they've been doing. And, and that's what I mean. Like, the, the thing is, I think they have good enough players that they could run away with a game. So I feel pretty good that they'll get a game. The problem is you're not going to get any good odds on that, right? Yeah. So I, I think the CLG minus 1.5 is pretty good. Uh, the CLG money line feels pretty good. I, I know it feels really weird. Because the beginning of the year, I, we all honestly had CLG eighth, ninth, or tenth, right? Maybe yeah, like seven, I, I, I don't have any faith. I don't have any faith in CLG. I don't want people to get me wrong. As soon as they play a good team, I expect them to get swept or near swept. I, I really don't have a lot of faith in them. So here's it's here's my not question many for good you. Teams in North America. That's the, that's the thing, right? So that's that was going to be my next question. My next question is, who are those teams? It's just Cloud Nine and Team Liquid. Like, is it, it even Cloud Nine, dude? It might not even be Cloud Nine. Like, like I think that's a that's like a four or five game series. Probably could go either way. Like, if you're capping Cloud Nine versus CLG right now, what's the odds? Uh, Cloud Nine minus two hundred, minus two twenty. Okay. Yeah, minus one eighty. Because I I think I honestly think I'd I'd take CLG at those odds. I think yeah. it's closer to fifty fifty than we want to admit. <laughs> like, it might be. Like, I, I think for sure when they if they run up against Team Liquid, they get three would unless they steal a game somewhere with something. But it should be three yeah. zero, and then Cloud. I, I still would expect them to lose pretty heavily to Cloud Nine, but we'll see. I just think that like 
honestly, even Cloud Nine, like to me, Cloud Nine have like dropped down a tier. Like I know they always clutch it out, and they're they're a playoff team, and they play that way. So maybe I'm just not thinking about that enough. But I feel about Cloud Nine the way that a lot of people often feel about like Invictus going into playoffs. It's one of a different team. Yeah, just the team where I feel like when the playoffs come around, they're just going to turn it on. But you can be wrong, too, because I yeah. felt that way about RNG and RNG, Spring. yeah, I did, I too. I was like, yeah, they're going to turn it on in the playoffs. And, and they, they lost, lost to JDG. So, so hey, you guys remember hard. when JDG made Spring yeah. Finals? That was there. Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> <laughs> JDG against FPX, is that like the the like the killer the of the, of the, like for everybody? Like JDG the most, like, literally had probably the – Two of two of the biggest upsets of the year. Back to that back FBX one, I was I I could not have been more confident. Like I don't know if I've had a more confident match all year than yeah. FBX against JDG in the playoffs. It's but okay, so yeah, this uh, so pretty- we're all in CLG. I think CLG wins three to one. I think Optic will get a game. Uh, the thing is, you're not getting good odds on that, so you got to pay minus two thirty three for the over three and a half maps. That's actually not terrible, but uh, CLG could sweep this. Yeah, I think like, if Optic can't come up with something in a week, and like all these other teams have been trying to come up with something for CLG, and CLG are just like, okay, we're gonna play vanilla, and you guys aren't good, so uh, you know, I-, I gotta hand, I gotta hand it to CLG. Honestly, I do because this team, in my opinion, you just look at this team; they have like basically zero potential to me. Yeah. So, exactly. like, CLG, to me, CLG, we talked about, like, teams that are, like, great in the sum of their parts. CLG are that team this year. Oh, yeah. Like, I think, I, honestly, I think worldwide they're that team. It's, like, them and Kingzone. Like, who's better than the Splice, maybe? Yeah, CLG is a great example of that concept. Like, yeah. and there's, there's not, not many of those like, this year. There's, they're not a team where you're like, man, these guys have so much room to grow. Like, they can get so much better. <laughs> like, this is just... Not, that's why we all thought they were going to be eighth, ninth, or tenth. You look at the roster; you're like, they're not going to get any better than they were in spring. And then it just turns then out that they were. It turns out we were all just, and it was just even worse than we thought they were going to be. Like as a region, so I think a lot of that has to do with how weak NA is. But yeah, I, I do too. Like, make no mistake; like, I, I don't want to see CLG at Worlds, but I yeah. don't want to see more than like one and a half NA teams at Worlds either. Like, <laughs> yeah. like seriously, I don't like I, nobody. Liquid's the only team that deserves it. Cloud Nine, maybe. Yeah, you can put Cloud Nine there. Cloud Nine ceiling, Cloud Nine, I think is uh, like they can hang, like they could steal games in group stage. I didn't look at the worlds, like the chances to make it to worlds. Like CLG's going to go to worlds, dude. Are they going to go to worlds? I think so. CLG's not going to go to worlds. Yeah, they can't get enough points. They were so bad in spring. What if they finish second? How about FlyQuest cheats their way in. They got some points in spring. Get the hell what out they of here. Cheat their way through the gauntlet. Get some points there. Right, let me. I'm. I'm. We're gonna look okay. this up right now. Brief. Brief side note before we go into the LC. Probably should have just known this off the top of our heads. But yeah, probably. I just forget. I just think regardless, if C9 just plays, it's like. Oh, it's, never mind. TSM is gonna be the one that sneaks in with their jungle carousel. They, they oh, back up. If they lose. If they lose right away, who can who can circuit points them? Is my question. CLG. CLG has 20. CLG has 20. CLG, if CLG gets second, they tie TSM. They're probably not getting second. Because, oh, you know what? I forgot that they changed this. Are we really sending TSM to Worlds? That's what I'm saying. Please, though. This feels like Najin's sword in, like, Season 3. Where it's like that team, like, didn't... They won, like, three games, like, all summer. And they they got to go to Worlds because they, like... 
They like one spring split, changed their whole roster, sucked all summer, and got to worlds anyway. It was like this, and they got buys. They were like they got a buy to quarterfinals or whatever. Oh man, they probably are going, aren't they? This is so brutal. Oh. I'm mad. I'm mad now. All right, let's uh before we get mad, let's go to the LCK where we can get even madder. I don't know. We'll save the the true mad for the LPL later. So, uh, LCK summer. We have, so we have week nine. Um, the LCK has uh one more week left. I'm just gonna pull that up real quick. It's one more week left, I think. Uh, it's a, but I do believe it's a full week, if I remember right. Oh wait, hold on a second. So sorry, I know, yeah. I know we're doing that, but I'm looking over that that uh, the championship points. By the way, they changed the point distribution. It's not what it used to be. Isn't it? What seems more likely, looking at it now, is that Cloud Nine comes second this split, and, and Cloud Nine qualifier. Yeah, then Cloud9 gets the 70, and they qualify on points. Team Liquid wins Summer, so they qualify automatically. And then the Gauntlet is what decides who goes to Worlds. That seems more likely. It'll probably be CLG. Yeah. That's like, what I'm it, saying, it, dude. It should probably be FlyQuest. Oh if FlyQuest goes, come on, boys. FlyQuest yeah. Faker, right? Steal and from SKT, right before Worlds. You know, because that's how that works. All right, uh... LCK. So we have Friday. We have so the LCK. We've been talking about how interesting it is, but like there is a couple of really, really surprisingly interesting matches this weekend that would not have looked so earlier in the year. Friday we have Sandbox minus one forty five against Afrika plus one ten. The Sandbox minus one point five is at plus one seventy six. I like Afrika here, but. This is also mostly just a value play because I, I think this is a 50-50. I think I both like these teams are like the same team. They just play they, they play a little different, but they're team they're in that same tier of I call it like the tier one point five in Korea, which extends all the way down to like seventh place, right? Where it's like the fifth, sixth, and seventh team. So like right now, to me, Korea is you have really I guess you can include Damwon in this conversation now too. You have so you have Sandbox, Afrika Damwon and Gen G, right? Who all have very evident, very clear weaknesses and flaws, but they have good enough players to overcome those, and they're good enough at the things that they do that they can just like spike games anyway. So those teams can beat the top teams. It's but I also think that like if you take like a ten game sample size, they're gonna lose to the top teams more often, right? Like they're gonna lose six to four or seven to three, right? If you did like a best of ten or something. I think Sandbox and Afrika are in that same tier. Um, they both have exploitable bottom lanes. They both have exceptional solo lanes. I think Afrika solo lanes have been playing a little bit better than Sandbox's. I feel like Sandbox has also figured out like this meta and how to play together. I agree. Including the drafts. Um, the I thing, think they adapted pretty quickly to that. The thing is, like, are you going to pay minus 145 for that? Because I'm just going to take I'm just going to take the plus money in this like every time. I guess Afrika, yeah. Afrika has really good upside, so I, I actually... Like, see what I'm saying? Mind. Like, both these yeah, teams I'll, are... I'll, I'll, yeah. Like, John, do you have an inkling either way, or...? Yeah, I like Afrika quite a bit here. They're on, they're on a nice little nice little winning streak here. I think their solo lanes are very strong. Sandbox uh, had a much stronger early season than late season. Um, I, I haven't seen them. I, I do think they adapted pretty well to the current meta, but I think... We definitely are still seeing them, like a lot of their pathing and early game strategies, not work the way that they were working at the beginning of spring and the beginning of summer. 
I don't know. It feels it feels to me like Afrika is looking pretty good here. Yeah, I, I also think that like Sandbox, what they've been struggling with recently is it, it's kind of weird how both of these teams have similar structural weaknesses, but they play very differently, right? Like Afrika, for my money, Afrika are probably one of the better. Like they're one of the best up tempo teams in the world, regardless of whether they go to Worlds or make playoffs or whatever. Like they're one of the best at that at that style in the world. Like that's what they they're good at, right? Both these teams have very weak exploitable bottom lanes, both of them, and they have exceptional soul lanes and jungle play, right, so far this season. Soul lanes in particular. The thing is, Sandbox's solo lanes haven't quite been as formidable, like, the second half of the season as they were, like, most of the calendar year. Like, they they got a lot of their advantages from their solo Like, one of their solo lanes dumps during something and then on fleek just being able to play around it, right? Because he's good and knows how to do that. If... So basically what this comes down to is like to me they're 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 even. Like I think I think the way the game is right now favors Sandbox more, but I think Afrika have looked a little bit better recently and I think both these teams threats match up so I'm just going to take the plus money cuz like it's pretty even. Yeah, I mean if you go back a week and a half, like just looking at results, go back like a week and a half, you're looking at Sandbox loses to Damwon in that same period of time Afrika beats Damwon. Uh, they both beat King Zone in that time, and then Sandbox loses to Griffin, which I think is completely reasonable. And Afrika picks up another win in there, so Afrika's on a little win streak. They played the same two teams, and Afrika had better results against those teams than Sandbox. So I don't know. Yeah, seems... I think the thing with Korea, and and this is what I've noticed, like, and I've str- honestly I've struggled with, like, in the second half of this this summer season, so, like summer specifically. Is that like using the transitive property, like the the the, the yeah. betting transitive property, where it's like, oh, this team beat this team, this team lost to the same team, like at a similar time, that therefore x equals you know two or whatever, right? That hasn't really worked. I definitely the think they're all capable of beating each other. A- exactly, I and think that's... anybody could win this matchup. So I, I do like betting a two zero in this matchup. Whoever yeah. you decide that. Uh, I didn't look. This. So the Afrika two zero is probably. The Afrika two zero is plus two thirty four, so yeah, I think I like betting a two zero one way or another. Whoever you think is going to win, yeah, I, yeah, this is this is an interesting one. Like I, I like Afrika. I'm I, I said last week that I'm probably just going to be value betting Korea the rest of the way, uh, which is not something I typically do. But I I think when all these teams are capable of beating one another, like you just take the plus money, yeah. Uh, I'm not saying you got to be heavy duty on it. I don't feel particularly strongly one way or the other about it. I just think that, uh, especially these two teams that are in that same tier. So, yeah, uh, I think I have a freak that's slightly higher on my tier list anyway. So, yeah, yeah I, I like. Freak. You got to lean one way or the other in this. No, freak is good. Okay. Next up, we have one that we would not have been talking about even four weeks ago. Uh, Gen G. Plus one fifty seven, and it's Griffin minus two thirteen. The Griffin minus two or minus one point five is at plus one thirty two. Wait, you said minus one point five is plus one twenty two. One thirty two. One thirty two. You gotta like the Griffin minus one point five yeah, and the Griffin money line. I do. I know. I just got done saying I'm gonna value bet, but I think Genji is the worst of the top. I think Genji is better than KT Hanwa and uh, Jin, obviously Jenner. I think Genji is better than them, but I also think Genji 
It's Gen G, man. Like, if you look through, the, so most of the top LCK teams have had downswings this season, like periods where they where they weren't very good, just like two or three match stunts where they lose yeah. a couple games. Watch Gen G run into all those teams and their downswings. If you go look at the match histories, oh Gen yeah, G, oh yeah, Gen G's running into all these teams whenever they're in their worst possible form. Gen G is doing what they do every single year, and they're doing what JDG did in spring, where it's like they just caught. They caught the wave at the right time. Yeah, when whenever a team is struggling with something or trying to figure something out, that's when they play Gen G and they lose. So, I, yeah, I feel like you gotta like Griffin. Gen G, you're like the surfer that's not very good, but he looks good because he caught the wave on a good day. <laughs> Whereas a good surfer is gonna make it work on days where there's not much going on. Yeah, so, you, I think you gotta like Griffin here. Yeah, I I know I said I was gonna value better, but I I think Griffin have figured their shit out. I think this meta is, like, insanely good for them. Like, this is exactly the kind of meta that they thrive in, right? Whether yeah. whether it's whether it's Doran or Sword doesn't matter to me. Like, I think I think this is good. I think they can both deal with Kuvay. I also think that, like, people have figured out that, like, Genji's just... Genji has their couple pocket picks, and I don't think they have a lot of leverage anymore because they're not surprising people because they've shown a willingness to play it. So now that people have it in their head, it's like, okay... He's going to play Gnar. He's going to play Gangplank. Uh, Fly will try whatever. Right? Now that they know that and expect that, it's like got a lot less surprise factor to it. So I also just think there's a good chance Genji just could run over in this game. Like, I know Griffin don't always play that way, but they can. So I just think Griffin's a way better team. I, I, maybe this is a little bit of uh, me wanting Griffin to go to Worlds really bad. but I think Griffin 2-0, so. I think Griffin 2-0 this. Yeah, I think it's a Griffin 2-0 so. for me. Saturday we have SKT on a seven sixty nine against uh, not Jinner. Against Hanwha Life plus four forty one. Uh the SKT minus one point five is at minus two hundred. So here's the thing with this one, right? Because Hanwha Life won oh my god. Can't believe <laughs> Because uh Damwon lost. I won't even say Hanwha Life won. Oh Hanwha Life have looked good, I'll give them credit. Um SKT is now in first place. The thing is, SKT are not a team that cares that they're in first place ever. Like, they, this is never a team that rests on their laurels. When they do, it's like the very beginning of the season. And SKT is the one team I, I, that I want to point out of all the top Korean teams. For me, SKT has looked by far the most unflappable in, like, recent weeks. Um, yeah. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but all the other teams, I see them battling like we're talking about. SKT has looked like a clear best team in Korea. SKT has won nine matches in a row. They've dropped one game in those nine matches, and it was yeah. They, they have looked by far the best team for me. I'm I, I'm fairly certain they've hit the under in like what the hell was it? There's it was like 19 games. I think they've hit the under like match time in like 16 of the 19 games or something like that. Like that's one of uh, let me just remember. What, let me see what they do for it. They went over in game one for Afrika. And I think they went over in game two because it was at thirty three. So yeah, that and they had one before that. So it was they've gone under game time in sixteen of their last nineteen games, also, which means that they're just trouncing people. Like they're they're doing what a good team should do to bad teams, and yeah. they've played. They had a string where we were we were questioning is like okay, they've played the bottom three teams. Like, does this really mean anything? And then it, it turns out it, it did. Like they're just good. They're rolling. They're doing exactly what they're supposed to do. This looks like World's Time SKT. 
It's another minus 1.5 for me. SKT yeah. minus 1.5 and minus 200. I'm all right with minus 200 in this spot. Yeah, I'll play yep. that against Hanwha. I think, I think, I think people are going to try to get cute here because Hanwha Life have looked pretty good, but Hanwha Life haven't had to play SK Telecom. Uh, they, I mean, they did. They actually played SK Telecom. Let's see what it, so on July 10th, Hanwha Life played SK Telecom. This was, they beat, they beat KT Rolster and Gen G. Oh no! So Hanwha Life was the first team that they played after Rift Rivals, and uh, they beat them in a little under fifty-five minutes. So, yeah, uh, Hanwha Life have looked a little bit better, but yeah, I'm taking SKT here. This yep. one, okay, I know Calvin's gonna like this one. So we have KT Rolster minus five hundred against Gen Air plus three twenty-one. I'll say the Gen Air plus one point five is at plus one oh six. I'm not doing it. I'm not I'm, doing it. I don't it. think I'm going to do it either. It's not. Nope, good I'm not doing it. They're not going to. In fact, yeah. I think I might bet the KT minus. I'm going to. I, I am. This is yeah. such a wet blanket bet. If I bet Hamwa yeah. Life minus 1.5 against Junior as like the cold turkey like wet blanket bet, I'm doing the same thing here. Yeah, I think I like the KT minus 1.5. I. Yeah, I'm not. Not even going to rethink yep. this. Just bet it. Minus 145 is actually pretty good too. Yeah, it's not bad. So. Yeah, I think that's the bet for sure. Let's see. Uh, Sunday we have Griffin minus three forty-five against King Zone plus two thirty-eight. Griffin minus one point five is at minus one eleven. So I gotta think that like I think Griffin. This is one of those ones where like I think King like I think Griffin win this match, but I might put like something on the King Zone money line. This is a, this is an important one for King Zone too. They yeah. need to win this if they want to make the play, if they want a decent shot at making the playoffs. They need to win this. Yeah, <clears throat> I just wrote up all the playoff pictures and like, if everything goes as expected, they'll miss the playoffs. Yeah, if they can win this match, that puts them like like they they put the onus back on Gen G, who's the other team. I think it's kind of uh, crazy to think about, right? Like, this is a team we were talking about as like one of the best teams in the world for really the majority of this calendar year, right? Yeah, yeah. Even, I mean, to be fair, they're like Korea. We, I mentioned it earlier. Do I get to say I told you yet? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold it. I'm gonna reserve my right to say it. Do I get to say that Korea is better than LPL again yet? Can I say no. it? No, Korea is not a favorite for Worlds. No? SK Telecom, SK Telecom is the only team in Korea that's even contending to win Worlds. Yeah. Uh, You're not I gonna give LPL. it as a whole region, though. I think I'd take RNG, FPX, or IG over anybody else in Korea. Pretty Maybe. much drop of that. Maybe Griffin, Griffin might be in contention. All right, well, let me, reason, let me let me put it no. to you this way, and I'm not just trying to win this argument. <laughs> let me put it to you this way: uh, take the top half teams, so like the top eight teams in the LPL and the top five teams in the LCK. Because remember, we have a 16 team league versus a 10 team league, right? Yeah, but that waters it down. You want to take the top five teams from the LPL and the top five teams from the LCK, and then I would take the LPL. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. If you made me throw in WE and stuff, then yeah, I think LCK probably could get an yeah. advantage. Well, I'm just w- saying, like, we have seven-tenths of a league that looks pretty strong. Yeah. Versus, what, like, six, five or I six? I just think that the top three LPL teams... Are really good. Which are the ones that are going to go to Worlds. I agree. Are, are very good. I agree. But um, RG probably can't make it to Worlds. <laughs> 
I mean, T.O.P. Yeah, keep playing the way they're playing, and if the meta stays even remotely close to this, which I it, so and another thing we didn't talk about this, we didn't talk about this, but like usually there's, I think there's going to be like one more patch before what we what will end up being the world's patch because usually the world's patch gets played on for like two months from like September like through worlds or like the end of August through worlds. So I think we're going to have one or two more patches. I forget if they've announced anything. They usually announce that this will be the world's patch. So um, anyway, I, we're getting a little sidetracked here. Uh, Kingzone are going to have to win this. So maybe the plus 1.5 is where it's at. But I, I also think like Griffin are good enough. And Griffin, let's see. If Griffin beat Gen G, which I think they should. <laughs> you know, Gen G's half a game up on Griffin right now. That blows my mind. Yeah, I'm not psychologically ready for that. Yeah, four teams tied at 10 and 5 at the moment. It's ridiculous. Um, but I don't think any of those four teams are really at risk of missing playoffs except for Gen G just because of schedule. Yeah. So, like, I don't think, uh, and Griffin's, uh, yeah, half game behind, but I, I don't think Griffin's worried about missing playoffs either. Feels like this could be a spot where King Zone might be trying to win a little harder than Griffin, but I do think Griffin's a better team. So, this might be a stay away from me. Yeah. I, 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 w- I would have liked to see him plus money on either side of the minus 1.5s, but it might just be the Kings on plus 1.5 regardless. Because, like, I could see them losing a hard-fought battle for their playoff lives, you know? I could definitely see that. I mean, they're still in if they if they lose this. Yeah, they, just... they, could, also run, they could also run the regional gauntlet, too. So, like, it's... Yeah. And they're they still also... in the run if they lose this. They, I expected them to lose this, and that made it so that they were either going to be a game behind Gen G or the same as Gen G, depending on how Gen G does. So they're, they're still in it if they lose, but if they win, it really helps them out. Yeah. The, so the whole, the whole trick uh, for people that don't remember, Korea only has five playoff teams. So one of two, two of these teams are not going to make it. Like there's a clear bottom, bottom three that are already out. Oh, wow. I'm a moron. I totally forgot that. Yeah. Thanks so, the reminder. so, it's kind of weird. Like, I don't want to say Sandbox are messing this up, but like Sandbox and Damwon had such good starts that they're just in, right? And they're good. They're good teams. I just don't think they're quite as good as uh, like Griffin and honestly Africa and SKT. Yeah. So I think Gen G is going to be out, and I think probably Kingzone. Like yeah, Kingzone pretty much has to win this then. Yeah. And Gen G has like the toughest remaining schedule. I expect them to go 0-3 in their last three matches. Yeah, our, our next match, by the way, is Gen G uh, minus one forty five against Africa plus one ten. Uh, Gen I, I already bet this, by the way. I already bet Africa another. Yeah, another Africa plus one ten, where I think they should be the favorite. Yeah, I, I think I already bet this mostly because I was projecting a little bit, which is risky. I'll admit. So like. I'm projecting a free – if – this is the way you can do this, right? Because you can go the other way on this too. If you think a freaker are going to beat Sandbox, you should get in on this one now. Like if you think a freaker are going to beat Sandbox and Gen G is going to be – or Gen G is going to lose to Griffin, you should get in on this now while you got good plus odds for a freaker because this is going to go the opposite direction. Like this is probably yeah, going to turn into minus 145 a freaker or minus 130 a freaker, right? Yeah, I'm betting that match right now. It's so just- I'm betting that. I also bet the 2-0 in this. It was like plus 200 something, but – because I, I I do think Afrika I know Afrika and Gen G are kind of in that same like tier one point five that I was talking about, but I also think stylistically this is a really really rough match for Gen G. 
the soul lanes for a freaker are just so good. Gen G tend to struggle. They've they've shown some adaptation, but they tend to struggle with the up tempo teams, like King Zone and and Afrika and Damwon. So uh, stylistically, I like the matchup anyway. Like I would pick Afrika against Gen G pretty much any time. And then you're also gonna probably lose odds if it works out that way. The other option you could do is just wait and watch. Like, bet this during the Sandbox Afrika game. So if Afrika lose this, I'd still take Afrika to win against Gen G, probably. Yeah. I think Sandbox is a slightly better team than Gen G is. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Kevin, what do you think on this one? No, I think I'm on Afrika side on this one. Same reasoning? Yeah. Anything else to add? I don't know. Just same old. Same old. I feel like we're There's butting really you, we're you out this. here, Kevin. <laughs> oh, no, okay. you're, you're, you're buying your time for the LPL, right? That's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. You guys want to do LPL or LEC next? Let's do LEC next. All right, cool. We'll get, we're going. We're going uh, east west or west east west. And so, we can speed east. run the best of ones. All right, cool. So, yeah. uh, fanatic. Oh my god, week eight in the LEC. So they have this is the second to last week. They have one more after this. Um, I'm going to pull the playoff pictures up real quick because I have not looked at that. We have um, Excel plus three twenty eight against Fnatic minus five hundred. Chris likes Fnatic. I am with him on that. I'm also with him. Not bad. Um, as far as playoff picture, I, I did the write up on this the other day. So if, if anybody's yeah, interested in the playoff picture, I think it's it's really boring in the LEC. Actually, it appears interesting at first glance, but with the like the remaining games that everyone has, Rogue's not it, gonna do it. It's it's really cut and dry. I think like Rogue has. It's basically between Rogue and Origin to see who's going to make the playoffs, and Rogue plays like the top four teams, and Origin plays like three of the easiest teams. This is just really unlikely that anything happens except for like what's likely to happen, I think. I mean, the good news mm-hmm. is that if Origin somehow lose this and don't make playoffs, they don't deserve to be in playoffs. Yeah, for sure. Like whoever makes it is going to deserve to make it in the LEC. Like there's not there's no yeah, JDGs here. It's pretty straightforward, <laughs> I think. So um, as far as Fnatic versus XL, XL on a bit of a heater, but I, I can't. It's ever... Fnatic, man. Yeah, they're they're not going to be Fnatic. Fnatic, look, Fnatic and G two both have lost games that they probably shouldn't have lost this season. It's best of ones. Stop looking into this stuff too much, everybody. Like everyone, chill out. It's best of ones. Random stuff's going to happen. You're going to say Liquid's not the best team in NA because they've lost like what four games or whatever they've lost. No, right. Far and away, uh, to me, Fnatic and G2 are like a cut above everyone. I think G2 is a cut above Fnatic. I think G2 is probably the best team in the world, but we'll get to that. Uh, I'm not betting this, but Fnatic. This is one where I'm probably not even going to take the lottery ticket, and I've been taking the lottery ticket a lot. I just think Fnatic. Well, Fnatic hypothetically could take first place too, right? If G, I mean, if G2 like go two and two or something like that, and they just go undefeated. Unlikely, but it's possible. Yeah, it could happen. I mean, regardless, they're fighting against Splice for the two seed, which they're going to want because the number one and number two get uh, buys and choice in the Western regions. So Fnatic are going to be motivated to win this game. So I don't, I don't necessarily like the lottery ticket like I would in the mid, like a midseason game. Like if this was just like a random week in the middle of the season, I would like the plus three twenty eight maybe. But what do you think on this one, Calvin? Anything? <laughs> No, I think LSG is pretty straightforward this week. This yeah. weekend. How about uh, what do you th- what do you think on Shocker minus three fifty seven Misfits plus two fifty one? Chris likes Misfits here. I'm not betting it. I think Shocker wins this. All right. 
I yeah, see. I, like I see what Chris is thinking on Misfits here. Like they've been looking. You know, the new lineups looked okay. They're spunky. They got. They're they're feisty. Like they're fighting. Right. They're doing. They're 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 playing for pride. Like they're a bunch of players playing for jobs. But and I could see like Shalka maybe getting lazy. But like Shalka. I think with a win here, they basically lock a playoff spot, right? Like, they need uh, one yeah. win, I think, to lock. And they had a pretty disappointing spring, so I would expect them to, like, really want to drive home Get up for this one. lock in those playoffs, yeah, for yep. sure. Yeah. All right, so, yeah, I'm probably going to avoid this one. I, yeah, I, I can totally see the Misfits pick, though. Uh, G2 Rogue, G2 minus 769, Rogue plus 455. 455 is a lot, man. I, I wouldn't blame anyone that, that wanted to bet. Rogue in this matchup against G2, it's tough not to take 455 because they do mess around. I'm not going to because they messed around last game. Yeah, I agree. It tends to go yeah. in one of those cycles where it's like trollier, 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 Smash we lose. Somebody. Trollier, 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 we lose. Like that tends to be how it goes with these teams. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm going to avoid this one as well. Although, would it surprise anyone to see G2 run back the hashtag competitive integrity? <laughs> yeah, right. Ocelot just yeah. starts talking mad shit like this. <laughs> would it, would it surprise them. anybody to see them run back Garen and be No. Right? Yeah. Oh, that, no, actually, no. I would, no. That would not surprise me. Yeah, I don't think I can touch it. The thing yet. is, like, it just shows you how much respect we have for G2 that, like, even when they're trolling against a team that needs this win really badly, we still think they're going to win. Yeah, yeah. I don't, so, I don't have any faith in Rogue to win that game. So. I, I can't blame anybody for plus four fifty five and a best of one though. Yeah, I can't blame you if you take that. So, but I mean, I might it. even do it like a quarter unit or something, just because it feels like I feel it feels bad not doing something on that number. But uh, SK plus one fifty eight, Vitality minus two hundred eight. Um, the Vitality ones as well. Yeah, I kind of like that Vitality line actually. Yeah, minus two hundred eight. Um, Chris also likes Vitality here. I like Vitality as well. Uh, I don't know about if if all the listeners have seen the the little vignette that the ULCS released today, but uh, it pretty much confirmed everything I was guessing on last week's thing about what's going on with SK Gaming. They all sound very dejected. They yeah. all they like admitted to infighting a lot. All sounded like they wanted to bring in somebody from the outside. It, it, yeah, it didn't sound good. It's pretty much exactly what I was thinking was going on with them yeah also it's not that Vi- i mean vitality vitality need like probably two wins to guarantee their spot and this is one of the ones they're going to want to get yeah SK, like, an easier team like if yeah if, S- if if vitality win this they would need rogue to go like three wins to have any competition i think and like they're they're not going to have their choice of who they play against or anything like that either so well so it's not really going to matter, like seating wise. So they're they're just going to want to take care of business in this game, I think. And they've looked I, a little bit better. It's it does always feel a little bit weird betting high. I know I've been pretty much like I've been betting Vitality at like minus one eighty, minus two hundred. It always feels weird betting such a high variance team at that number. But I th- I'm like pretty confident it's the right side in this situation. So yeah, ever since Attila started showing up to play, like Attila's been a lot better the last couple weeks, and yeah. that's been the difference maker. Cabo was always playing well. You gotta love that Attila was just like your Jack Troll stop feeding. Was <laughs> basically <laughs> like he's like, all right, all right, time for playoffs or whatever. Yeah, yeah I, I like Vitality here. Uh, Splice minus one fifty four, Origin plus one nineteen. This one's pretty interesting, but like 
again, uh, so like Splice are going to want this really bad, but like Origin, Splice are playing for a number two seed potentially. Uh, they're going to be battling with Fnatic, but Origin are fighting for a playoff spot, and Origin probably need two wins to like really feel good about it. Right, their other three matchups are all teams they should beat, though. Like this yeah. is their one. This also, is their. Do they play Rogue hard. in week t- in week nine? This is their one hard matchup left in the season. Uh, let's see. Origin plays SK and Origin does play Rogue next week. So, really, Origin only all Origin really needs to do is either win both games this week or win like two games in the next two weeks or beat Rogue in those mm-hmm. games. Unless Rogue like goes three one or something, which I don't think is going to happen. So. Yeah, they play XL and Rogue and I think like SK. They play like the three easiest teams in the league and then Splice. Uh, this is kind of a weird spot. Like I, I want to bet like I want to bet Splice here. But... This is definitely the 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 top team that Origin can beat. Of the top teams, I think Splice is the one they can beat because they both play. They play the same like, kind of game. Yeah, I, I just think Splice is just a better version of Origin, just in general. So. I do too, but I also think that like the quote unquote better version. We saw this at Worlds last year, right? Like, or not Worlds last year, but like the year before, like twenty, like twenty seventeen Worlds, where like when you have a bunch of teams that are like just that fundamental, solid, sound macro, like we're both going to handshake and go to you know forty minutes or whatever, or thirty five minutes. The games are a lot more coin flippy than people want to give credit for, right? Because when so that's the argument for Origin here. Uh, I think Origin have better players. I'll give them that, like pound for pound. I think really their advantages in the mid lane so, is, is where they're going to get a decent advantage. I, I don't. I don't hate either side here. I'm going to have to think a lot more on this one because this is actually a tough spot. Like I'm. I kind of like Origin here. Like, I think I wanted to bet Splice, but I'm, like, talking myself into Origin. I'm going to have to think on this one some more. Saturday, we have Splice minus 385, SK Gaming plus 267. Not betting that one. Yeah, pass. Not betting it either. Uh, These are some of the matchups that made me think we could just run through. Yeah, Shulka minus better. 270, Rogue plus 197. Same deal. Same thing. Yeah, but I think okay. Shulka's going to be Rogue. Uh, I mean, especially if Rogue lose to G2, they're more or less done, right? I mean, they're not literally done after this match, but this is going to be like season on the line for them. So. I just don't see them beating Schalke. I don't either, especially because Schalke is basically going to lock playoffs if they beat Misfits on Friday, so. Yep. Uh, I mean, there's maybe the letdown factor that like Schalke clinch and they're not going to get better than third, so they don't care. But Rogue are going to have to win out, so maybe. But like, I don't think Rogue's that good. Yeah, I still just think that Rogue's a little overrated, and so I don't like them here. Yeah. So Fnatic minus two seventy, Vitality plus one ninety seven. Um, I would love Vitality here if Fnatic, <sighs> if Origin beats Splice and Fnatic win on Friday, which I think they will against XL. I kind of like Vitality a little bit here. Fnatic has shown a willingness to do some weird stuff. Yeah. They're moving their players around the map. and The thing is, though, like, one game doesn't clinch you second, and I think they're really going to want to clinch second. Yeah, I think so, too. I don't think so, I'm going to end up this game. I think Fnatic's the... We'll see. I'm, like, leaning Vitality here, but it's probably a pass. Chris feels the same way. Uh, Origin minus 294, Excel plus 212. Pass. 
pass. Yeah, see, it's just the odds are just yeah. really, really heavy this week. G2 minus 909, Misfits plus 508. Plus 508 in a best of one. It's kind same of the same. Before, like, yeah. If you wanted to bet Misfits, I wouldn't blame you, but uh, I think I'd probably just pass. Yeah, I can't. So pass that's the LCK. That's the LEC this week. It's kind of a lot more set in stone than the NALCS was. So Yeah, I think the whole rest of the LEC season might be a little bit kind of boring. The teams are going to pretty much figure out where they're at. There's not going to be a lot of like playing for playoffs, really. Yeah, I think week I think week nine is going to be kind of dead, to be honest with you. Like this week, at least Friday is going to be probably pretty interesting. Like if there's an upset on Friday, all of a sudden a lot of this stuff gets more interesting, right? Yeah, we have to see how. It plays like if out. Fnatic loses and Splice wins, all of a sudden it's going to make some of these other games a little juicier. Like maybe you actually bet Fnatic in some of these or something because they'll have something to play for. But yeah, um, <laughs> ready for the LPL voice? Ready for the? Uh, yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I'm trying to think of a goofy abbreviation. Um, <laughs> I don't know. The fix is in in the LPL. I don't give a shit. What anyone says. I, I'm, I'm so dumb with this man. Like, I, here's the thing. I was telling Calvin before. I keep saying that I'm done with the LPL, and then I look at these lines, and I'm like, how can I possibly be done with this? I just can't. Like, look at these things. Friday we have Team WE minus two seventy against Rogue Warriors. Minus one point five is at plus one ten. I really like that. How do I say no to this? How do I say no to this? I can't. I can't <laughs> you, do it. I, you I, don't say no. I don't know what it is with Rogue Warriors, but, like, <laughs> they're, like, pulling an OMG right now and just subbing Haro out every time for we yeah, we yeah for Haro, and then with Kila was Hungai, Hungai with Kilawa. It's like, I mean, it's like Didn't I'm they... not going to take it in. WE has to play for a playoff spot, so. I think that's yeah. a good spot for WE to 2 yeah, I think this is a kind of a closer matchup than I think people might give it. I think yeah. like I don't think WE's that much it's better. It's not but a WWE, slam dunk. The odds are just so good. That... And WE's playing for playoffs right now. They're also like on a surge at the moment. So is Rogue Warriors to some degree. But I think I do like the WE minus one point five at plus one ten. I just think the odds are so good that it's this. This has been my problem with the LPL is the odds are so good. Sometimes it's just like. You're giving me almost even money against Vichy. I'm, there's no way I don't take that this morning. Yeah. I mean, I just... So the, for those that don't know, I got absolutely destroyed in, like, the last, like, four weeks of the LPL last, like, last summer, like, last year. Like, I, I'm talking, like, completely killed my profits for the whole season destroyed. So, yeah, there's a lot of upsets at the end of the LPL season. There so, I'm trying... The thing is, though, like... You've really got to fly in the face of everything that makes sense and just really just be like, okay, it is all messed up. Like, it's just weird stuff's going to happen, and you need to be all in on that, right? If you're going to if you're gonna say that there's a ton of upsets happening, you got to – it's it's so hard to pick the right spots for that. But it's also so hard to just, like, slam all the favorites too, even when there's good money on it, right? So the, the LPL is extremely difficult. Anybody – I mean, I've been – I've done well in the LPL this season. Like I've done very well. I'm I'm doing better in the LPL by a lot more than I am in the LCK this season, which was the complete opposite last year, right? Partially because I just had an awful weekend this past weekend and otherwise they were pretty close. But like I've been pretty good in the LPL cuz I've been a lot more di- for the most part until like this past weekend I've been a lot more disciplined in the LPL than I was last year. Last year I was just like, "Oh, this seems a better team. Take them. This seems a better team. Take them." Now I'm like skeptical. 
I've been hardened to the to the the chaos. I've definitely gotten more successful in the LPL the less bets that I place. Yeah, yeah. Of course, last couple years when I stopped trying to like play what I think are small edges because there's just too much variance there, yep. and just ones that I think are big edges, I've had a lot more success in the LPL. So like this is a this is like a spot for that, right? Where like. I do think this is a pretty good edge here. This is this yeah. is good though, right? Like this should probably be Team W. Like how much how much better is Rogue Warriors than like Vici, OMG, LGD? Like, I think you're a, a variance of teams in that. Like I think Vici's way worse than all those teams. I, do I think too. Rogue Warriors is a step above those teams. Yeah, but like how much so? Like if all if those teams are like a, a C letter grade. Oh, is man, Rogue Warriors just a I C plus or are they a B I minus? Like, I wouldn't consider them a C. I think they're like all D. Yeah, I, I know. I'm just I'm just giving a hypothetical. And then I would, yeah, I then I would like put Rogue Warriors at like a C minus. Okay, so like, and the other teams are just Fs. Yeah, like I do think Rogue Warriors is like at least a half step above. I would actually put like Vici in their own camp and then LGD in their own camp. And then OMG in their own camp. Well, I think like I think there's I think I think I think OMG and LGD are similar in that they have players they just don't have consistency and they don't know what to do sometimes. Like LGD, like Kramer's really goddamn good. Yuki hasn't been as good this season, but he's also really damn good. So uh, I don't know. It's really I think Rogue Warriors is better than those teams, but this is them playing against a better team who's strength good meta. Yeah, whose strength is in the same lane in a good meta who needs to win for like to lock up playoff spots. That's so, way more consistent than fucking yeah, yeah, and like, LNG. You have to like the WE minus one point five. All right, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad I'm able to talk this over with you guys because I'm having I'm definitely having like not even buyer's remorse. I'm just skeptical as hell now. Like these spots feel like this morning felt like slam dunks. RNG felt like a slam. Well, RNG didn't feel like a slam dunk. I just put too much on it. Like that was a mistake. But ugh. <laughs> JDG, goddamn JDG. JDG did crush me, dude. I'm not JDG and Gen G just ruined me. If I could just like take the nameplate off of them and be like, oh, Team Y, this team's very bizarre. Hmm, interesting. And I don't have that like seething <laughs> fucking hatred for them. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, I'm human. Give me a break. <laughs> um, EDG, so. Uh, I know I said I'm not going to do it, but I'm going to do it. Gonna... I think it's the minus 1.5. It's plus money. This should probably be like minus 130. JDG was minus 122 today. I don't know if I'm as confident as you. Like, I think Rogue Warriors is pretty good. But I think WE just has too many things going for them right now. That I think plus 110 is a fine line that I'm going to Yeah, like, yep. where? so where where do you think this, like, should be? Is like thirty um, points off? Is it fifty points off? Like I think I think it's less. I think it's only like twenty points off. All right, so it should be like you I, know minus one ten, right? Yeah, I think I think like even money or minus one ten somewhere in there. I think like, they should be close. like a minus three fifty favor or something like that. Which maybe means I shouldn't bet it because I was just talking about not playing the small edges, but uh, I, I do think we might. I think te- I think we are. Here's the thing: I said this this morning too, where I thought JDG and LNG were going to want to lock playoffs. But I think WE is also like a – I have them in the same tier, but they're a different kind of team than those two teams are. Like they're way more consistent in what they do, yeah. and, and the meta is way better for them than it is for JDG and LNG right now. I had WE above both those teams. Anyway, I do too. Like I think I think WE is better than both of them, but I, I don't think they're like a full tier better. I think they're just the best team in that tier. 
if that makes sense. So yeah, that makes sense. Um, God damn the LPL man. <laughs> EDG minus eleven eleven. Uh, versus Vici plus five sixty two. The Vici plus one point five for those curious is plus one eighty three. EDG so here's the EDG actually need this game now. Actually, they need it less now because what's called loss, right? Yeah. I I started going over these yesterday and I like already forgot them. So EDG are seven and five. Invictus is seven and five. LNG are now seven and seven. Um. WE are six and seven, probably going to be seven and seven as well. If EDG win this, that puts them. If EDG win this, that puts them out of range. I think of. If EDG win this, they only need to win one more to guarantee a playoff spot. But in all likelihood, they will get a playoff spot if they win tomorrow. Yeah, or not tomorrow, Friday. So. Uh, with because they have series to play while LNG and WE don't. LNG only has four more series. Uh, Edward has six. So no, 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 no. They only they only play fifteen games. Oh, so they have three versus yeah. one. So we're yeah, we're almost done here. Yeah, we so they have so they have two series. more series to play. That's right. I forgot. I'm thinking last season yeah. they played whatever it was. So they played. WE has season. two left, and I expect them to win both of them. So if, if EDG yeah. wants to be at like a hundred percent out of range, I mean they're pretty much out of range. But if they want to get a hundred percent out of range, they'll need two wins. Yeah. So. The point being, they're motivated, and it's Vici. I'm not touching this one. It's the LPL, dude. Yeah, I'm not going to touch it. I'm not paying 256, but... EDG should win handily, but I'm not going to bet the minus 1.5 at negative 256. Yeah, it's not worth the risk on it. Uh, Saturday, we have Billy Billy, uh, who have now clinched playoffs, by the way, uh, at minus 625 against LGD, who... Here's the upset, upset spot, boys. I'm planting the flag. Are you are you going are you going on LNG or LGD? I think I think LGD is going to win this match. I don't think they're anywhere near as good as Billy Billy, and I think they're going to win. No, I think anybody that says that's crazy. Is it just a spot? It's not. This is what we were just talking about. How there's all these upsets at the end of the LPL season, and they tend to come when one team has the playoffs locked up and the other one doesn't. And LGD looks a little bit better in their last couple matches. They look like they're playing to win. Like they look like they want to win. You could say they want to ride the momentum from today. They won today, so it's like I I think BLG is going to throw one here. I'm going to take the LGD plus three eighty here. It's good enough odds. BLG is not one of like the like we talked about this a lot, but for me, they're not like one of the top four or five teams in the league. Like that are in a class of their own versus everybody else. I think. (laughs) Jesus step yeah, down. Just that. because they've clinched playoffs with some of the three of those other teams doesn't mean that we think they're included. They've just happened to clinch it already because they've played. Yeah, I mean, they're Invictus, nine and four. They they have nine wins and they have two games to play still. One of them against a bad team in LGD. Like now, something something just tells me this is the spot. Yeah, I I could see I could see the argument that like coming off the win this morning. Uh, maybe they're riding high. They're feeling confident. Teams def—that's definitely a thing, by the way. Teams definitely play better when they feel good. So, and Billy Billy's locked it up. They might try something out here. Go for something weird. I kind of hope they do, to be honest with you, because I could, I could stand to see a new look from them. But here's the thing. One. Here's the thing. We just we just finished talking about how like this meta is so good for like TOP, Billy Billy, and We. Because they want to play that scaling game, and they do that better than... You know, Billy Billy, they were talking about on the cast, uh, not yesterday, the day before, about how 
Billy Billy have like by far the best vision control in the LPL. Like just like Raz was talking about it as like the eye test. Like maybe the metrics are close to some other teams, but like they do have the most wards clear. They have um, just like watch their games. They 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 actually contest for vision. Like they fight for it, right? Like they they understand it and how it's how important it is. And that's not like a lot of the LPL teams who were just like okay, like play for the kill and then figure it out from there. So this is the perfect spot for Billy Billy to come out here and bust out some Callista Olaf bullshit that they're going to be terrible on. Yes, this is the perfect spot for that to happen. I'm playing the flag. LGD is going to win this game. Okay, now. I'm either going to dodge or play the LGD plus 1.5. I think plus 380 is too good for me. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Calvin, is this an upset for you? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> It's not a good it's sign not. when I'm predicting an upset and Calvin's not on my side. It's not an upset. I'm sorry. Calvin, I think every time you and I have agreed on something, we should go the other way. So I think John's right on this one. <laughs> uh, RNG. This one's good. So RNG minus 256 against Invictus plus 186. Um, I think I'm going to bet this game IG side regardless. I do too because these odds are I just... think... Well... I actually just re- just called up one of their junglers from the academy team. Yeah, yeah we're going to need to see the lineups. I really and feel they, like they're yeah. going to play this game. Exactly. I was. I wanted. I don't know if waiting for the lineups is going to be too too late, but Nick hasn't really played that well, so I don't know how this new guy's going to play. You know, I I don't know if they're going to shuffle back and forth, but it's, it's well, a must-win game for IG in general. So here's the other thing with this, like the other angle to this, which is like it is a must-win game for them. Oh. They're going to make the playoffs probably. They're, they're, they're in the same camp as EDG. They're, they have three games left to play. They're seven and five. They're up way. They're they're pretty far up in LNG and or. And this is obviously going to be their hardest match remaining. Like they have LGD Rogue Warriors in this match. Yeah. So I, I think that's why I think they're going to play their backup here. So there's some are like there's some argument to like the new player. Co- like I-, I tend to err on the side of like favoring subs while most people tend to think the opposite. Right. And you guys, I, you guys have talked to me all season long about like when a sub plays, like most of the time I'm willing to give them more credit than like the public does. So I'm starting to come around a lot on that. Yeah. I right. Like a guy that I'll always bet against a sub, but it has seemed like the subs come in with a lot of fire and they usually are bringing them in to change something, and whatever they're usually they're prepared to change whatever yeah. the team is bringing them in to change. I mean, we However, saw it in spring with Vitality with Jazuke coming out, but like, yeah, I really ahead. don't think like I think Invictus is the worst team to do that to. I, I 100% agree with you. They are the like most cohesive unit team, other than maybe G2, as far as like they all play the same way and they know what they want to do. The, and the, the margins ran- are razor thin. We yeah, talked about bringing, this when they had the subs there earlier in the season. How like. Forge is probably going to be a really good player somewhere. Uh, who was it? Lucas, the support. Lucas looked like he was he was okay. He just wasn't Balan. Yeah, yeah. And, and like the way these, I I agree with you. Like the way this team plays, like the margins are so razor thin. Like if you're two set, we talked about this before. Like if you're two seconds late, then all of a sudden you look like a jackass, right? And like I they think feed. Also, Invictus, I think expects that they could run into RNG in the playoffs. I think this is a calculated move by them to bring the backup in for this match. To make RNG think about it. Yeah, just to give them something to think about and not show them what they're planning on doing against them with the full lineup. Then they bring Ning back for their last two matches, win both of them, and say, we'll see you in the playoffs with the full squad. I I think RNG is going to win this. The thing is, too, like, I think a lot of people aren't mentioning this either. Like, 
you're going to have Karsa against presumably a rookie jungler. Maybe the best jungler in the world against. Yeah. Uh, maybe, yeah, he's one of the best junglers in the world against a rookie. Yeah, it was coming up um, from. IG. Also, RNG, for what it's worth, RNG. So they RNG also have three games left to play. I'm fairly certain their schedule's like hella easy, too. They have BLG, IG, and JDG. So they should be JDG easily. I would expect them to beat BLG pretty easily. Slam JDG, by the way. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if it can, it was the law of thermodynamics or whatever. <laughs> JDG law of thermodynamics. I think Royal will want to win and put some pressure on FPX. I'm actually thinking about betting the minus 1.5 from RNG here. So here's the other, like, I was thinking the same thing, and it's kind of the opposite of what, like, my initial thought was looking at this match. My initial thought looking at this match was, like, how can you, when's, are you ever going to see Invictus at plus 186 with this line? Like, until they, until, like, Rookie retires or they change this team. Are you ever going to see Invictus at plus 186? Probably ever again. No. Yeah. And I want to say, this is why I love the podcast. Because if you'd done, like, lightning round real quick, like, lightning round, who do you take? And you show me those lines, I would take Invictus in a heartbeat. But the more that I think about it, the more that I talk about it, I actually think I'm going to end up betting the RNG minus 1.5. Yeah, I think the RNG minus 1.5 is where this is going to be. Just because, like, the style Invictus play, we've seen how much they've struggled playing with subs before, and I definitely think this is just going to be, like, sub for some kind of curveball. Also, for what it's worth, like you said, RNG are not only going to want to pressure... Like, I don't even think it's as much about pressuring FPX as as it is, uh, like, if they just get first or second doesn't need to be one or the other like if they just get first or second they get a bye to the semifinals so if they, yeah if they win this match then top is gonna have to beat fpx in order to like contest them in the top two so they're putting a lot of pressure on top if yeah. they if they beat invictus here so, so i think they're gonna want to win I, I like rng minus 1.5 yeah and again like the so they play who is a billy billy and jd oh jdg yeah so if you assume that they can beat JDG, maybe we shouldn't assume that. But if you assume they beat JDG, uh, a win here plus that probably locks them for a second at least. So that's good. Uh, I like the RNG minus 1.5 the more we talk about it. Yep, that's one of those ones where we all would have said IG, I think, but I, I've, I've switched around the more we talk about it. Yeah. Gotta love the podcast. Um, fun plus minus 500, Sooning plus 321. This is a wild one, too. So, this seems like a, oh, go ahead. so Sooning, Sooning are in a really weird spot where, like, there's a good chance that they're just in play. Like, they're not mathematically locked for playoffs, but they're more or less locked for playoffs. Like, they would need... If they beat LNG, they're locked. If they don't beat LNG, even if they lose all three of their remaining matches, it's still going to come down to tiebreakers, and they have good tiebreakers. Yeah. So. And... But- yeah, it it basically puts a situation where two like, yeah, IG or LNG or like IG and EDG would have to lose in that situation too, right? Let's see. No, I mean eight w- three. Oh yeah, because JD. Yeah, I'm they have a game about... up on them or match up on them. LNG would have to win their last match, and then they would have to go like, even if they go oh six. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, yeah, I think yeah, they, they, still they have might it. be. Yeah, I think they're basically locked. So yeah, like they're not mathematically locked, but it would it would take a it'd be a miracle if they didn't make it, right? Yeah. Q QJDG, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, 
So Sooning don't really have anything to play for here, but like I kind of think Sooning are in a really weird spot because they could handle this any number of ways, right? Like they could totally mail this match in, right? They could just not show anything, uh, put a sub in because they they really they don't have anything to play for unless they don't want to play with fire, and I don't think this is the match that they want to pick to try to win, you know. I think it's a nightmare matchup for them anyway. I agree. I, I think FPX is like a terrible matchup for them. So yeah. I think the FPX minus 1.5 is... Any is chance FPX safe. mail it in? I don't think so. FPX mm. is the try-hard Doinby team. Well, FPX also, they just lock a semifinal seed, first or second, yeah. with a win here, right? Yeah. Also, the other events tour factor. I don't know. I... This will be light minus 1.5 if I bet it because I, I just – it's just going to depend on how Sooning handle this, right? Because Sooning could come out and treat this like a playoff match, right? Even like, then, I just think this matchup's so bad for them. Yeah. All right, well – I agree. All right, I see that. Another really interesting one, TOP minus 313 against EDG plus 221. The TOP minus 1.5 is at minus 103. Whew. Um, book basically saying they think this is going to be a 2-1 victory, like very firmly a 2-1 victory for TOP because the EDG plus 1.5 is at minus 132. So, I do not think this is going to be a 2-1 either way. I don't know. I, th- I think top looks good enough that I think they'll probably win 2-0, but if EDG wins, I expect them to win 2-0. I don't yeah. think this is going to be back and forth. Yeah, this is another one where... I agree with that too. Th- the good thing about this is that we're going to oh, – it's kind of a bad thing too. We're going to kind of get to see how – like if EDG – they're not going to lose to Vici, but if – like if you got to look at these other situations too. Like if EDG beat Vici and then RNG – like if RNG beat Invictus, all of a sudden – it doesn't really matter. Like I guess it does because they're playing for a quarter – I always forget that the LPL has like two levels of buys because they have eight teams. Yeah, so, they should, EDG really just needs to be VG to lock playoffs, really, and so they should do that. Yeah, but I'm thinking like for first round buys because it's first round buys and two round buys, right? I think TOP would have that. So TOP, there. that's what I'm saying. Like if TOP win, if TOP win this, they get a buy to potentially to the quarterfinal or semifinals, but definitely to the quarterfinal. Like they lock. I mean, they definitely need those points to it. Like especially like. Where they're going to finish, you know, what I mean? even if they win their quarterfinals, like some of these teams need to like get those points. Like even like I said, like a team like RNG, you know, yeah. There's only one lose. game different, like game differential between RNG yeah. and TOP. So like, there's a chance TOP just steal a number two seed. Yeah, TOP is going to want to win. There's no, I don't think there's any doubt TOP is going to want to yeah. win. I, you know, I've been like respecting EDG all season, but they've been a little worse than I thought they'd be. But I still think they're a good enough team to be competitive in this game, so I don't know how confident I am, but these odds are really good. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, lo- I usually like betting, like, John, you're on this too. Like, I usually like betting a 2-0 either way when the book is setting it at 3. Yeah, the get... problem is I don't like the TOP minus 1.5 either. Minus 103 is a little, I'd like to see plus odds with two yeah. good like this. So I may just stay away from this game. This is a thinker for me. I'm going to probably have more thoughts on this over the weekend. But If I was going to bet this, it'd be TOP minus 1.5, but I don't think I'm going to bet it. Yeah, because, I mean, 
I guess it'll depend too. Like if you if if the other thing is you could bet this live too. Like if Invictus steal a game from RNG, all of a sudden TOP are going to be hyper motivated to 2-0 specifically because then that'll put them in the same game differential as RNG, even if RNG wins that series. Yeah, and then they're then they're literally tied. So although I think it goes to head to head next, did RNG win? No, TOP just won the head to head. So. Actually, if RNG punts a game to Invictus, then I actually love the TAP minus 1.5 because that, that all of a sudden puts them into a, a semifinal seed, which is nuts, right? So mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. All right. Um, pick of the week. Uh, last week, we went 2-2 two and two as a cast. I had WE minus 1.5 and plus 117 against, I forget who it was, uh, LGD. Whew! Uh... <laughs> Uh, John, you had SKT minus 1.5 at plus 108 against Afrika. That worked out for you. Uh, Chris had RNG minus 1.5 at plus 134 against TOP. That missed because TOP won that outright. And Calvin had ONG money line plus 216 against Dominus. And Dominus won that outright. So, well, they 2 owed, didn't they? Dominus 2 owed. Mm-hmm. So, uh, on the year. That puts me to thirteen and nine, uh, plus five point one eight units. John to eleven and nine, plus three point zero two units. Chris to twelve and nine at plus eight point two six units. And Calvin, you're lacking behind, dude. Three and seventeen, but only minus six point eight six units. So, nice. as a cast, that puts us to plus nine point six units. Uh, we're thirty nine and forty four, and then Zing contributed his win uh, with one zero. So. Doing pretty well. Uh, so if you're 40, betting if you're betting a hundred thousand dollars a game, like we made you a million dollars. Yeah, there we go. Almost, almost. Yeah, I mean, so count it, yeah, count enjoy, it. Enjoy your millions. Yeah. <laughs> Find me esports limits that high. I'll be real happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this week, Calvin, you're still rolling with that. Calvin, t- explain your pick. I'm gonna I'm gonna figure mine out. I think I already said it. Uh, I think I was going to bet plus 186 either way. I just think that line is just for an IG match against RNG. I still think IG are a really good team. And I actually picked DMO against RNG the other day. And you did. I, and I did hit the plus 1.5. And not saying RNG looked bad. It's just that I just think a top laner like, like Ale and like Ning, not Ning, the Shy are able to handle shout out in this meta. So and it just really just depends on the jungler. And like, I don't know the lines, like who's going to start in the jungler. You know what I mean? So like if Ning starts, then yeah, maybe I love this play a lot more, but if the, you know, substitute comes up and starts and maybe a lot, maybe a little less. And then, you know, if they lose game one, then maybe they'll bring Ning back. You know what I mean? But it's definitely a good value value play from my perspective. Yeah, I, I don't blame you for that one. As much as we just talked about it, and I think I might end up on the RNG minus one point five. I don't, I don't hate the IG bet. All right, uh, John, I'll do Chris's. <laughs> Did you just write that in for him? You're such <laughs> yeah. a troll, Chris. So Chris, Chris gave us all his EU picks. Did not give us a pick of the week. Uh, if I had to guess, I would guess that he's betting Janair. No, his. His his value pick is Vitality against Fnatic. I don't know. I can't confirm if that's his pick of the week, but that's like his biggest value pick in the the LEC slate. 
So uh, what's the biggest value pick on our whole slate? Because that would be where he's at. Because that's what uh, it's that's Jenner. what Chris is doing. For sure. No, he's not. <laughs> is Chris pick Jin Air yet this season? I don't think he Chris has. Is the least likely person on the entire cast to pick Jin Air. So, <laughs> um, for my pick of the week, I'm going to go with Clutch. I'm going to go with Clutch plus two thirty nine against TSM. I just think that line's way out of whack. I wouldn't be surprised if TSM wins that match. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, but nine seems way out of whack. Yeah, that was going to be uh, that was going to be my thought too. Uh, oh, he, never mind. So he has the Clutch plus one point five. So I'd have to imagine Clutch is his pick. Yeah. Clutch or Vitality is probably Chris's pick, but I'll ask him and get that for the record, and we'll go over it next week. Uh, I was initially – I just changed my mind. I just Ooh. changed my mind. So we're going to do – we're going to do – I like that pick of the week, though. That's a good one. I'm going to get blown out. I'm going to get blown out by Gen G again like I always do. Why not, right? <laughs> I'm going to take Griffin minus 1.5 at plus 132 against Gen G on Friday morning. Uh, alternatively, my my initial one was a freak up plus 110 against Gen G on Sunday. Noticing so a either pattern, way, you're noticing a pattern here. I'm, I'm getting blo- uh, You know what's going to happen? Gen G's probably going to win both of these. So like outright, <laughs> they're just going to win outright. So uh, yeah, I'll 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 put it on Griffin. Let me just double check this because now I'm freaking myself out. Yeah, Griffin need this win. They're going to smash tomorrow or Friday. So we will get Chris's pick of the week, and uh, hopefully we keep winning for all of you. Uh, Sign-offs. As usual, I didn't think of anything. Um, oh, all right, so I'll, I'll talk about this. So we have football season starting up soon. Uh, preseason starts tomorrow, I believe. We have, like, Hall of Fame games and stuff like that. But um, – I'll say just as a – it's within the realm of betting outside the realm of League of Legends betting. Um, I will say that if you have a strong feeling about NFL teams, the best value you are ever going to get – well, really, it was like six months ago when they released the opening lines for these. But the best value you will ever get in really popular sports like the NFL and college football and stuff like that is before the games are played. Like, the very first games are played. If you think you have an edge or you have a, a viable on something that uh, you think the books are wrong about, fire on it now. Um, i trying to think. Because a lot of the lines move like crazy. Like, I have um, – let me see if I can pull these up real quick while I have them. If somebody else wants to take this. Anyway. Um, yeah, go ahead. Anyway, football season starting up. I love football. Thumbs up to football. Uh Scoops to football, like all the good things about football. I can't wait for football season. Uh, yeah, that's all. <laughs> and if you're going to bet football, bet it before the season starts. Let's go a different direction with mine. I'll, I'll follow in your vein, but uh, we'll go a different direction. So football sucks. So let's go with uh, <laughs> MMA. Uh, this next weekend, uh, there's actually a really cool MMA card this weekend. And a lot of people that, that watch like MMA casually – Usually we'll we'll turn in for a John Jones fight or you know a GSP fight if he's coming back for a fight you know the big names and this is a really cool card this weekend that I would recommend people watch because the main event sucks like the main event is super one sided and not going to be a good fight but the whole rest of the card is actually really cool a lot of really good fights a lot of guys who are coming from smaller promotions and are like twenty and one or like really impressive records but coming in from smaller promotions. And they're pitting a lot of those guys against each other. So you're going to get to see like a lot of guys with really good records 
see who, you know, battling it out to see, you know, this guy was the champion of this local league. This guy was the champion of this local fight club. And then, you know, smash into each other. A lot of pride on the line. I think it's going to be a really fun card, even though the main event kind of like Kind of like a World Cup style tournament or NCAA tournament where it's like yeah, you so see... Don't, don't turn away from it just because the main event is... is uh, the women's fights tend to get a lot less viewership too. So this is not only a, a main event women's fight, but a main event women's blowout fight that's not competitive. So I can see a lot of people just seeing that and just going, now we're not watching MMA this weekend. But good card this weekend. I'm excited for it. But right. women's fights are fun to watch because they always get TKO'd. <laughs> Yeah. Women go to decisions way more often than men, for the record. So, yeah. in the in the UFC, who is uh, who is what is the the main event this weekend? Like, what's the uh, Shevchenko, who's like an absolute monster, yeah. is going to be fighting Liz Carmouche, who she already beat once, and like Carmouche just isn't even really that good anyway. So it's it's and they just don't have anybody else to throw at Shevchenko. Like, there's nobody in the division to throw at her, so they're just throwing her Carmouche again. It's not going to be very exciting, yeah. I don't think. So, uh, of these smaller cards, any 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 nice selections you like here, John? You know what's funny? <laughs> uh, I already did my research for MMA. For people that don't know, I play MMA as my second sport, like way more than any other sport. Um, I have a monster GPP win in MMA this season. Uh, and this is the first card since I started playing MMA. Before I look at the odds or before I look at the DraftKings salaries, I go through every fight because I don't want to be like messed with by those i go through every fight and decide who i think is going to win before i look at the odds this is the first time ever where i thought every favorite was going to win i always have an underdog where i'm like wow i can't believe this guy's an underdog this guy's definitely like i I definitely think this guy's going to win this is the first time ever where i thought all the favorites were going to win so there there are some good spots for like gpp plays if you play on DraftKings. uh there's a heavyweight fight that i think definitely the underdog has a, a shot uh, Vicente Luque versus Mike Perry. I do think Luque should be the favorite, but those are two guys that just knock people out. And whenever you have two guys that are just going to stand there and throw punches at each other's faces, the underdog in, in those fights is usually a good shot because yeah, somebody's just getting like taking, out. It's just like taking the dog in high variance teams. Or yeah, you can, in, yeah, those are the highest variance people, people that are just yeah. like, I'm going to throw punches until somebody gets knocked out. So when somebody you have gets knocked out in 10 seconds, you're like, oh, yeah. okay, well, didn't matter who was on what side. It's just flip yeah. a coin. Yeah. When you have two guys that both fight like that, the underdog's usually good for for DraftKings. So that's my thoughts. All right, Kevin, what do you got for us this week? Um, to be quick, but if you're gonna get married, um, try not to have it outside when it's like a hundred degrees out. I was Smart at a wedding call. this past weekend, and had, they had it in August, and they should have known that it was gonna be super hot out because it's right next to a lake. It's gonna be humid. And man, just sitting there in just my black suit is just unbearable. And I'm sweating. And I, I did cry because it's like my best friend's wedding. And, you know, I walked with him. It was, it was awesome. A great, great experience. But it's like, like next time, like, you know, if you decide to plan on a wedding, um, if it's going to be hot in August, July, whatever, like, make sure it's in die, please, for, for the sake of your friends and family. Side note. Funny side note for that, Cal. I, I generally wear all black all the time, and I have a black car with black leather seats, and I live in one of the hottest states, and oh my god. <laughs> every time I get in my car, I'm like, I'm going to burn alive every single time Jesus. I get in Why did I do this to myself? Why do I keep doing this to myself? <laughs> it's funny It's funny you mention that, because I went to a beach wedding in July, but the attire was beach wedding attire, so we wore like khaki shorts and like just like a nice like shirt. 
we didn't do like the full suit because of that reason. Like we wanted to be cozy. Oh, we're sandals. All right, that's that's like <laughs> so. That's good advice, though. That's good advice. Consider consider the weather. This goes the this goes for the cold too, because I've been to a I went to an outdoor wedding in like November. It was November. It was like it was like thirty five degrees and the wind was whipping around. It was that was also miserable. So you want people to enjoy your wedding? <laughs> yeah, they don't want to have to suffer through it. So, all right, I think that's going to be it for us this week, guys. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Um, uh, we're getting a lot of good listener questions. We still have some in the bank, but feel free to ship those into us. Uh, just at any of us on Twitter. Just talk to me, man. Yeah. I love talking to me. I have no friends. Like, just <laughs> talk to me. <laughs> uh, playoffs starting this week in NA. Uh, another weekend I feel good about. Hopefully this weekend goes better than last weekend did for me, as I had probably my worst weekend of the year. But that happens. It is what it is. Um, we're 24 episodes in. You're six months in, guys. It's pretty sweet. I can't wait for Worlds now. Good stuff. Oh, yeah. I, it's it's official. The Worlds hype is starting to kick in. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm a little less happy about my futures wagers than I was, like, two weeks ago. Thank you, Damwon. However, <laughs> the, the excitement's starting to kick in. So, All right. Uh, that's going to be it for us, guys. Everybody have a uh, great weekend. Good luck. Uh, enjoy. Check out uh, that MMA flight this weekend, too. Look up and see if I find somewhere to watch that. We have a great weekend and good luck. See you. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode. Oh.